Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I need tissues. <laughs> this is this is a mess. This fucking cold went away. Last week, I did a podcast. Had the cold. It wasn't as bad. I, I, okay. Let's recap. Let's recap. I'm going to recap again. These fucking colds. This coronavirus that I have. is the biggest one yet. This is the biggest... Uh, winter of shit. This is like this is like North Carolina stuff. When we when I lived in North Carolina, when I lived in Charlotte, the winters were sometimes it's sixty five degrees, and then the next day it's below freezing, and then the next day there's two inches of snow, and then the next day it's sixty five degrees, and that goes on and on from like November. December through, yeah, through March, and then by, like, well, maybe April, by the beginning of April, it's, like, just kind of hot, you know, it's it's cool at night, it's not too bad, <clears throat> who, who cares, who cares about the goddamn weather, what, 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 what the fuck am I, my Jim Cantori, um, and that's what this winter has been like, this winter sucks, because I want winter, like, when winter is here, I want winter, I want snow, and I want it to stay, I don't want, it, like, a nice snowstorm here and there, and then it's 65 degrees, and then it melts. That's some that's some North Carolina bullshit. And when I lived in North Carolina, I was sick all the time. I got sick in yeah November, December, January. North Carolina, I guess that was a place that like every year I got a cold during the summer, which I never that never happens. Nobody, who gets sick during the summer? And I got sick. All right, Cliffy Baseball, relax. So here we are with this garbage winter. I'm looking outside the window right now because the last few days were 50s, close to 60, a bunch of rain, so there's no more snow left. It just looks stupid. And it's February It's February 29th. It's leap... This is a pretty rare... I mean, how often... How often do we get to do a Birthday Boy podcast on Leap Day? Uh, every four years, I guess. So, I guess this is pretty special. Because we've never done a podcast on Leap Day. Considering I just started the podcast in May, I guess that uh, I guess that math checks out. Oh, mother. Um, so welcome to the podcast, everybody. Wow, episode 38. Isn't this exciting? I'm really trying hard not to cough. I'm trying hard not to dribble mucus all over my microphone and my shirt and my floor. Here in the home studio, here in, here in Birthday Boy headquarters... Here in Birthday Boys Central Command. Anyway, this winter has been garbage. There's been like, I don't know, two good snowstorms, maybe? I feel like there was a good one back in November. I mean, it wasn't even winter. Um, Maybe there was, I mean, 
yeah, we had some snow on the ground at Christmas time, which was okay. And then uh, there was a good storm, maybe uh, something like a month ago, and that's uh, kind of been it. And um, I don't know, I don't know what's up. And as a result, we've had this like southern bullshit winter, where it's there's been a bunch of sixty degree, fifty like the month of February. I think had three days. Maybe I guess if today and yesterday are pretty cold, so I guess maybe four or five days that were below forty. And it's just gone up and down, and it's, you know, the last couple days it's been really cold and windy, and then it was rainy, and then, like, in the course of the morning on Thursday, uh, it was pouring rain when I drove to work, and then it got sunny, and then it got cloudy, and then it snowed for, like, a minute, and then it got sunny again, (laughs) and then it went, and so, like, it's just been, like, headaches and this cold, and that was right around the time that the cold was just about, like, Wednesday, I thought, this is it, I finally, I've turned the corner, I think I'm, like, I'm clearing up. I didn't get the cough. I didn't get any any of this stuff. And then Thursday, I could tell something was up, like something was really just going wrong. And so it was one of those things where you get like the layered cold where you're almost done with the cold and then you get either it's the second round of the cold that's that's springing itself on you or you've caught another cold in the course of getting rid of the first cold, which was the second cold I've had since whatever, January and December, Christmas Day when I had a cold, which was the second cold that I've had since the November cold, which is four more colds than the zero colds I had last year. So I don't know. The good news is they're pretty, like, manageable. Like, I don't, uh, it's not my usual, I usually get one cold, and it's a, like, I want to die kind of cold. And these are, like, this sucks cold kind of things, but not, you know, I can function, I guess. I can do a podcast. Because I know I'll hear about it if I don't. <laughs> oh my god, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh, 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 I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh, oh, oh. That's one of my kids' favorite. That That's like a classic. That's an old school YouTube video. You know, the lady's stomping on grapes and then she takes a... She thinks, uh, hey, I'll be funny, I'll be cute, ham it up for the camera. And she starts to stomp rapid fire and then takes a tumble off the off the thing. Oh, 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 I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Oh, my kids my kids love that one. And what's not to love? What's not to love? She, she acts like a moron, she pays for it, and then she can't breathe. And then it cuts back to the studio and everybody's, uh, they're, try- they're trying honestly not to laugh. I mean that's that's a perfect that's a perfect YouTube clip. It set the stage for so many more to come. These buckets are filled with ah. grapes. What kind of grapes? These are filled with Chamberson grapes. And so good. the winner this Saturday who stopped music, eating international food. Stop those grapes, you idiot. Ham it up. Seminars, arts and crafts. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Here we go. It doesn't get old. No, I think she is. Yeah, she's Ouch. hurt. She took a hard fall off there. Boy. Okay. Gosh, I hope she's okay. Okay. Mm. We're going to make sure she is. <laughs> Try and check on her. <laughs> we'll be back. That's right the this. best. <laughs> this is the, the news anchors back in the studio are trying not to laugh at this imbecile. And then, you know, I looked her up because I'm just, 
that's like a 20 year old video i mean that's 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 one of the originals right i think that might that i mean that predates youtube that's before right that's like i think that's like from the late 90s or the early 2000s or something like that anyway that's that's before youtube that's like the first you know that's a that's a viral video from yeah i don't i don't know i mean that's that's one of the you know before youtube like there was america's funniest home videos that's where you saw videos of people you know getting their nuts banged on a pole and all that shit uh you know kids falling off a water slide or something um and then and then in between that time yeah there was the internet but there wasn't youtube so yeah you would you would find these like viral videos you know like south park was a viral video on the internet like the maybe like the first internet viral video the jesus versus santa all that shit whatever it was i don't even remember but um yeah, and I and I think this. Oh, 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 I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm pretty sure that was like early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know, but anyways, that's such a that's such a classic. That's such a classic, and that's what I feel like right now. I feel like, and if you haven't seen it, my God, you know, you heard the audio. What's what's not to love? Get out to YouTube. Uh, Grape lady fail. That's you know, um, and it's this dopey news anchor. She's squishing grapes. She's at a local <laughs> local winery stomping grapes in her bare feet and her little khaki shorts and she decides to like try and be funny so she starts like she's like hey uh we're gonna have a contest here with the the lady who works there uh so you can squish the most grapes the fastest and uh, you know and so she starts like doo, 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 doo. and as soon as she does that that's when she takes a tumble off the, off the wooden platform <laughs> and it never gets old 20 years later it doesn't get old Oh my god, that's so good. But that's what I feel like right now. I tried brushing my teeth this morning, and I thought, hey, maybe, you know, I can hold my breath for two minutes or just try to breathe like this through my nose and just, you know, not get 100% of oxygen, but at least get some oxygen for two minutes. It's not going to kill me. It might make me go brain dead. Uh, and I couldn't do it. And then I was just like, my mouth was just hanging like, <sighs> <laughs> I went about five seconds, and then my mouth was hanging open and toothpaste. Really, really a mess. Really, really a, a really sexy display by me trying to brush my teeth with this fucking this fucking congestion, and it just seems like it's never going to end. And now I uh, uh, whatever. Uh, speaking of YouTube videos, I never responded to Shimo, and he sent me this uh, suggestion weeks ago. Weeks ago, February thirteenth. So. As usual, I've done my stellar job of not responding to Joe. Uh, but he sent me this thing. He says, uh, I'm five years late to the party, but if you have not seen it yet, look up Ronnie Pickering on YouTube. Hilarious British Road Rage probably would be funny for the podcast. Well, I checked out the video, and he's right. It would be funny for the podcast. Uh, and Shimo, uh, dude, I'm you're five years late on this video. I would never see this. I, I I'm five years late on every YouTube video. I don't know, you know, I I don't I, I like I don't know where to find YouTube videos. I mean, I can get lost. My kids now just find YouTube videos for me, and, and you know, it's such a black hole. I mean, I I find YouTube videos, ones that I just kind of like seeing, but it's nothing, you know, these these viral ones. I, I don't I don't find I, I don't know I don't have a, an easy time finding stuff so I'm I'm always late to the game on the on the YouTube viral videos uh, but this Ronnie so I'll set up the Ronnie Pickering and this is yeah it was it's about five four or five years old and uh, Ronnie Pickering so there's this guy he's got like a little helmet cam it's it's in it's in, in England somewhere 
and this jackass on a little one of those little putt putt scooters one of those fuckers um is is doing everything that i hate um and ronnie pickering is 1000 percent right in all of his actions this guy he's got his little helmet cam his little gopro is strapped to his helmet or whatever it is and he's just filming he's riding on a you know just a regular suburban street somewhere in england uh, and there's a line of cars, and he does what most of these motorbike, motor scooter, moped fuck faces do, which he just he zooms right up along, you know, passing all the cars. It drives me nuts. I, the number of times that I've been sitting on the Zakem Bridge, particularly, or you know, the Leverett Connector, or any of those roadways in tr- bumper to bumper traffic where nobody's going anywhere and we're all stuck, and I see this shithead bobbing and weaving in front of everybody i'm like yeah that's great oh he's going on the you know he's going on the shoulder he's going off to the side he's going in the breakdown lane just bobbing and weaving. and i and i just i'm like oh somebody can just somebody just knock him over the bridge into the water and get his bike land on his head and then that's the end of it and he's done oh could that just happen so this guy you know, this guy's driving along, and then and then he hears the... And I'll play the clip in a second. I, for some reason, I couldn't download the full clip. I don't know why. It was it kept coming up with an error. But I've got, I've got the important part of the clip, which is we get to re- meet Ronnie Pickering. Ronnie Pickering is the car that he... The final car that he cuts off. The, the guy who created the video is not Ronnie Pickering. The guy in the, who created the video is the moped, motor scooter, whatever the hell he's riding. And he's just, you know, moving up in front of all the cars that are waiting patiently to go through the roundabout. And he, you know, he cuts them all off. And then he's trying to, the final car that he cuts off uh, is the wrong car. And that's the car that is being driven by Ronnie Pickering. And how do we know his name's Ronnie Pickering? Well, we'll find out. He, he lets us know his name's Ronnie Pickering. Or he, he lets the motor scooter driver know. And, uh, and it's hilarious. I'm going to play it in a sec. But that was, that's the setup, and, you know, that I'm 5,000% on Ronnie Pickering's side uh, because this douchebag, you know, he cuts off, and then he's trying to just weasel, you know, squeeze his little way in, and Ronnie Pickering's screaming at him, as you'll hear, and it's hilarious. I'm not going to try to recreate it. I'll just play it. And this guy's like, oh, what, what's the, what are you going on about? What's the problem, man? What are you doing? What are you yelling at me for? Because you're a fuckhead, that's why. And Ronnie Pickering should have run you down. Anyways, uh, let's play some Ronnie Pickering. And thanks, Shimo, for sending this in. Here's a little... So this is... We we pick up after uh, Ronnie Pickering has been cut off by the, the motorcycle, the motor scooter guy. He's gone through the roundabout. He's gone through the rotary. He's gone down the side street that he's going. Uh, and, and Pickering is pissed. And he's... You then see the car on the helmet cam, Ronnie Pickering's car, pull up in front of the guy and and cut him off, which is exactly what I would do if I could. If some fucker in a bike just cuts me off in a line of traffic that's not going anywhere, like, dude, that's not how this works. So, yeah, that drives me fucking nuts. I I hate, I really, (laughs) hey, since I've offended probably everybody with uh, all of my opinions on everything... Uh, I also hate fucking, you know, motorcycles or any of that stuff just cause I get, I get nervous. Like not, I, I'm, I'm not afraid that I'm going to like accidentally, you know, smack into a motorcycle and knock them out on the highway, but it's just, it's so easy to do. 
And so I just I just hate them being around me. I hate being around them. I hate them being around me. And I hate when these it's not you know motorcycle guys at least follow the rules. These little fucking crotch rocket fuckheads are the ones where there's you know four lanes of traffic sitting on a bridge going nowhere, and you can you can hear it coming. You know if it's a nice summer's day and you've got the window open, you can just hear like. It gets closer and closer, and then you see it just right, you know, a, a, a fingernail from your uh, from your door going right past your car, and then bobbing and weaving in front of all the other cars, you know, a, a fingernail's length away from those cars too. So, anyways, so yeah, this guy, he's he's got his little helmet webcam on, uh, GoPro, whatever it is, filming himself cutting off all this traffic, just out for a drive on his dopey scooter. And he cuts off the wrong guy. And I think that's where this clip picks up is after he's been cut off. And they go down a side street. And then Ronnie Pickering, in turn, cuts him off, which is I, I, which I love, which is exactly what I would do. So let's, let's take a listen to Ronnie Pickering. Yeah, so this is the sound of Ronnie's car cutting off the, the guy f- with his little helmet cam on his bike filming things. What's your problem? Where are you, mate? What? You got a problem? You know what I am? What do you mean about a problem? What do you mean you want a problem? You, you fucking muppet. There's no need for that. What? You, you cunt. What? Fucking hanging about like that. Hanging about like that? In the cars. I pulled that, I went round, yeah? yeah and then you started idiot. fucking black yeah. yeah? Yeah? Yeah, well, that's not how it works, you asshole. You got a problem, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, you have. Get your fucking helmet off, then. I'll grow up, you fucking fool. <laughs> you know what I, I am? You're old fool. You know yeah? what I am? You what? Do you know what I am? Do I care? Who are you then? Ronnie Pickering. Who? Ronnie Pickering. Who? Ronnie Pickering. Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Fucking found out then. Fuck off, man. Fuck off, then. You fuck off. Fucking Johnny Pickering. Hey, someone famous, are you? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Douchebag. <laughs> Ronnie Pickering's back for more. Yeah, Ronnie Pickering's, like I said, he's 5,000% right. Wouldn't have changed anything. Let's have a bare knuckle. Why are you? Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. What would a bare knuckle fight? Show you then, won't I? Who I am? Who you are? Are you on about? Yeah, bare knuckle fight. Come on. Who you are? Who you mean? Who you are? You said who you are. You wrong fucking pickering. You said you wrong pickering. Fucking what? Some cunt, idiot. I don't know what you're on about. Exactly. Would you? Why? Yeah, you. Why? Because you're an idiot. Why am I? Do you want to have a fight or what? I didn't say I wanted to fight with you. Listen, fucking dickhead. Don't fucking <laughs> cause one then. I ain't caused one. Do one or you'll have one. I ain't caused one. You see you and that? I ain't caused one. I was just well, turning the corner and you was blasting your arm like an idiot. You, you what? I'll put you in an infirmary. Will you? Yeah, we're yeah. Good, you fucking big and hard. Yeah. You great, are you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, these other pat on the back. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Ah, oh, Ronnie Pickering. It's uh, maybe not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. I wish we had more Ronnie Pickerings over here, particularly New England, which is New England's more the uh, bike guy. There's there's few Ronnie Pickerings. There's a there's a couple. <laughs> God damn it. Oh man, that's good stuff. I have to have a coughing fit. Uh, Yep. Stick around. Be right back. 
love it. Uh, we're back here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Yeah. Leap year edition. All right. What a day. What a year it's been. What a leap year it's going to be. Here's Pikes with all my friends or something something. All my friends are on P3. What does that mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, this cold. I can't... I don't know what to do. Anyways. I wasn't done talking about Ronnie Pickering. Ah! Let's uh, fade this. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, good stuff. Good fun. Anyways, so Ronnie Pickering... Uh, yeah, we need more Ronnie Pickerings here. We've got we've got a lot of the motorcycle guy over here. Fucking cut! Uh, this piece of shit cut me off yesterday. They just and you know, the thing is, I don't I don't let people cut me off. I just don't. I don't let people even if they have their signal on. If they try to like bypass the line, yeah, you're you're not gonna get anything from me, sister. Um, the exception is yesterday. I was like, not even a block from work. And the problem is, you know, when I was working in Boston, like there's there's a, there's millions of people there. The odds of me uh, screaming and swearing at like a coworker or a manager, uh, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I would roll my window down frequently and scream <laughs> at morons frequently. And I almost did that yesterday. Uh, I'm sitting there in the right lane, and I see this car just, like, trying to weasel its way in in front of me. And I roll down the window, and I'm about to do my usual, like, honking and, you know, not letting them in. And then just something came over me, like, what if it's, you know, blah, 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 somebody. You know, what if it's somebody, (laughs) what if it's, like, your manager's manager, if it's somebody that's, I, I, I don't know. Because I'm only like a block from where I work and it's a little suburban area and it's very small. And, you know, frankly, upon upon further uh, thought, further analysis of that situation, I should still just lay on the horn and start screaming. Because if I'm working with somebody who's so stupid to try and cut me off like that and be an asshole, then, uh, you know, then they still deserve to be yelled at, whether they're my coworker or my manager. But I'm still so new that I just, for a brief second, it came over me like, what if it's, you know, what if it's somebody? And so I just like, you know, I let them, but I made lots of hand signals, you know, roll down the window like, you know, like, oh yeah, go on in, whatever, do whatever you want. I was so angry though, because I, I don't, I never let that happen. I never fucking let that happen. Like people, you know, they'll be trying to weasel their way in and I'm like, dude, you're going to have to, you're going to have to smash into my car. And that's what it's going to come to. I would rather you smack into my car than let you in. You slime ball. You wait in line like the rest of us. Or 
in the cases where I go around and bypass the line, that's different because I'm a capable driver and I'm, <laughs> I'm well within my rights to cut people off because I know how to do it in a smooth, rather nonchalant, uh, rather surreptitious kind of way that I can just... Uh, so that's So, you know, the rules apply except when they don't apply to me. And that's the way that I like to live my life. I, you know... I can be equal parts Ronnie Pickering and motorcycle guy, but that's the thing. I would never, I would never do what that guy did. I wouldn't like, you know, if if everybody's just sitting there, and it's a one lane. It's not like this was a highway, you know. It's it's different if everybody's kind of on a highway, and you can you can kind of you know you can you can find a good size gap and squeeze yourself in. That's no big. That's 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 different. What this motorcycle guy, motorbike, whatever, little moped guy did was. There's just a line of cars, and there's no space for anything. They're just lined up at a, you know, basically like, I mean, it's a, it's a traffic circle, right? It's a roundabout. If it's a stoplight, same thing. You don't just, like, bypass all the cars in a one lane, you know, waiting for a stoplight and pull yourself up in front. You you wait in line like everybody else. I would never do something like that. But if it's on a highway and there's an exit and, you know, everybody's lined up, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a mile long, this line of cars waiting for this one exit... Eh, you know, there's a good chance there's going to be like a, like an 18 wheeler or something that's not <laughs> that's not going to be able to easily accelerate when the line starts to move, and that's where I can just weasel my way right into the front of the line. But that's that's very different. That's just a strategic uh, method of driving to uh, eliminate bottlenecks for myself, and uh, that's perfectly <laughs> perfectly reasonable. Uh, why? Because I have decided it's perfectly reasonable. Uh, but that's good stuff, man. Thanks, Shimo. Good, good, uh, good catch. Good get on that Ronnie Pickering. I'm sure there's more videos. That's the only one I've seen, and maybe there's more of him. But uh, yeah, that's a classic, man. That's a cl- that's a classic, man. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Not much. Um, oh my god, my, yeah, my my voice is already starting to. I don't know. I got this weird voicemail. I've. I've I, let me see if I can play this thing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let me play this voice. Has anybody else gotten this voicemail? Because I've gotten it a couple times. Let's see. Please stop what you're doing and listen to this very important message. Oh. In the next few seconds, I'm going to give you access to some very time-sensitive information okay. that can absolutely change your life for the better oh. if you let it. Okay. So I'm going to give you access to a pre-recorded message. Great. It will show you exactly what to do to put $10,000 or more in your pocket in the next 10 to 14 days. In my pocket? $10,000 or more every 10 to 14 days after that. Now listen, I know there's a lot of BS out there, but I can promise you you. this, this is not one of them. Right. So if you want to find out exactly what to do to put $10,000 or more in your pocket in the next 10 to 14 days, and then ten thousand dollars, and then another ten thousand, and then another. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like it's on the up and up. Encourage you to take a small There's some BS stuff out there. Listen to my recorded message. Not this immediately, guy. Immediately, and by immediately, I mean right, right now, now. When you hang up here, to do this, just hit redial on your caller ID okay. or call nine seven zero nine seven zero three six nine five six zero. Just do it. You have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And everything to gain. And everything to gain. I guarantee you have never seen anything like this up until now. I mean, anybody who so again, uses... If you hang up here, 
Just hit redial on okay. your caller ID yeah. or call 970-236-9560. Trust me, you'll be very nine happy five, you made this six, call. Zero. And as always, make it a great day. Okay. I mean, I'm going to uh, – I feel like I'd be stupid not to find out. I mean, if somebody, you know – if somebody knew the keys to making $10,000 every 10 to 14 days, why would they why would they just keep that kind of information for themselves and then let themselves just make all that money? I would want to share that with as many people as possible. I would want to, I would want to auto dial as many people as I could to let them in on this secret and, you know, get a piece of my pie instead of just keeping it all to myself. I mean, he sounds like a very generous fellow and just based on just kind of the the tone and the the style of his voice, he sounds like a very, very educated person. I know when I hear a lot of people talk like this, I can tell that they probably have a lot of advanced degrees. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, he sounds he sounds smart and he sounds trustworthy. Uh, so let's give this a try. Let's uh, let's call and start making some some big bucks here on the Birthday Boy podcast. I mean, if I you know. Start bringing in the, you know, that kind of money every couple of weeks. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm, you know, it's time to, time to hang it up and do birthday boy podcast full time. But anyways, I, I feel like I should just, I mean, at least see what this is all about. How do I do this? How do I use a phone? Hello, my name is Christy and I want to congratulate you on taking this first step towards a better financial future. Cool. More money, more time, more freedom. Oh. That's the bottom line, wow. isn't it? You see, I don't know what brought you here, but the fact that you're listening My podcast. Right now tells me that maybe your personal financial situation isn't where you'd like it to be. <clears throat> and I'm here to tell you there's a smarter, better way. Mm. You're about to learn exactly how you can receive thousands of dollars in cash hmm. monthly and weekly. I get that from uh, working for a living, but tell me more. Tools, like this revolutionary new voicemail marketing system. Uh. This has nothing to do with MLM or network marketing. Mm. And it's not a solicitation to buy mm. products, sell, or make an investment. No, this sounds like it's on the up and up. It's unlike anything you've ever heard or even tried before. At any time during this message... Which is why you're sharing it with the world. Phone ...to be removed from our database and placed on our national do-not-call list. However, our successful community members would think you'd be making a huge mistake. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Okay. Are you currently looking for ways to improve your finances? No. Have you ever considered joining one of those home-based or work-at-home opportunities that are promoted on the internet these days? I have a brain, that so no. Vitamins, lotions, potions, pills, or powders? Or how about skincare, hair care, gold coins, bitcoins, and a bunch more? You know. I have thought about selling gold coins. Join a company and then go out and advertise your business or bug your friends and family to buy products from you so that you can earn a small commission. Would you really join and promote those companies and buy those products? I have a lot of friends who do that. It doesn't seem that bad. Well, I suppose the same question can be asked about any job or business. Hmm. Why do people show up at their job or business every day? Even though statistics show many of them are unhappy with what they do for a living. The answer is obvious. Well, I'm unhappy because I'm lazy. Income or cash flow. We all do what we do every day, even if we hate it, Hmm. so that we can earn money which in turn allows us to live the best life possible, dictated by the amount of money we have. Boy, this is... What if there was a better way? Really succinct. Would you want to know about it? If you do, I suggest you keep listening. Uh, I would Many want to get to the end of this. myself 
are members of a private community a of like-minded, oh boy. positive, forward-thinking people yeah. from all walks of life uh-huh. that are Scientists, dedicated to helping others just doctors. like you and me live a more financially abundant life uh-huh. without having to join any business, mm. sell any products, yeah. or trade time. Don't have to sell anything, but you're going to make a ton of money. For money. This private community and their members have been successfully teaching others how to legally and ethically bless each other by strategically this, uh, this private community wouldn't have to happen to rhyme with the schmirch of schmientology, would it? Greenbacks, Benjamins, $100 bills. Greenbacks. Our members include financial advisors, retired seniors, executives, uh, stay-at-home moms and dads, well, if we've learned anything from retired seniors is they're, they're not suckers for anything. They're, they're going to do their due diligence before they make a decision on anything that they get a call for. So here's a sample of some of their results. Okay. When I came to this call uh, four years ago, I oh had God. no previous home base experience. I'm a former corporate America professional, and I just had a job mentality. And I tell you, I, I was just tired of just getting by, never getting ahead. I'm a single mom, and it was just time to take action. And you guys gave me the... Sounds like she was the uh, parking garage attendant at a corporation. I was the CEO of a big-time corporation. And as much as $11,000... And now I make $11,000 a minute. And I want you to do the same. Because the keys to success in any successful business is giving away your secrets to everyone else so that they can do the same thing. I was in financial services and doing estate planning and really had a handle on money, at least I thought. And when I got here, I saw a perfect solution. And believe me, it's even more perfect today than it was eight years ago. Let's see. This guy has a uh, green polo, beige pants, and a big-time push-broom porno mustache. And he's well, never been laid, and he's so blessed to be 53 here. years old. My own background, commercial airline pilot, been flying for years. Everything was fine up until 9-11. Then after that, the loss in cash flow uh, happened, and it happened rather rather rapidly. So the best day here for me well, was the day I heard the program. You might the just be a sucky pilot then, because last I saw, there's still a lot of planes in the sky. One day. My best month here, 34000 Oh, and, uh, this hot diggity damn! has enabled me to have a quality Ooh. of life. I came Ooh, to the organization five years ago. Oh, I came out of the real estate industry. Uh-huh. Since that time, I have been incredibly blessed. Oh, and they don't just let anyone do real estate. Those are the those are the best of the best selling houses. I am not going back to real estate. They don't just let any asshole do that. Let me tell you right now, there's no possible way that we could give you all the information here in this short telephone message. This message was perfect. Your definition of short and mine are very different. And proven information gathering How long is this? At the end of this message, you'll have the opportunity so to five minutes, five and a half minutes. One of our community members, uh-huh. so they can guide you to their private website, which uh-huh. is the next step in our proven process. Simply put, our community and its members have been utilizing. I may have to see if I can talk to one of these community members. On the universal laws <clears throat> and biblical principles. Biblical. And reaping, what as well the as fuck? Along with this simple, step-by-step... I'll tell you one thing. Uh, one thing that always mixes really well is business and Bible verses. Uh, just ask Uncle Cliff. His lucrative job as an oatmeal taster. You know, Cliffy, I found a new business opportunity I'd like to discuss with you. private community, we 
work with people to generate and leverage cash into larger amounts. You don't have to sell anything. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to make any calls. And you can generate up to $11,000 a day. Generating results. Can you imagine an extra $10,000 or more coming into you and your family's life wow. in the next 10 to 14 days? Oh. And potentially $10,000 or more every 10 to 14 days from there on out? Can you say hashtag life changer? Can you say hashtag go fuck yourself? I think that's enough of that. This is going nowhere fast. I don't know. You don't need to be a salesperson or a guru. Of course not. Sure. Step number one. Well, we point people to oh this God. exact message by yes. advertising a phone number that's uh-huh. attached to each individual member's voicemail. Oh. Easy peasy. Yes. Anyone can peasy. do it. More peasy than easy, but go ahead. who requested to a private website It's also attached to each individual member. Easy peasy. Anyone could do that. Why are you saying easy peasy? We direct all the people that have gone through the website presentation over and over again to a private live question and answer call with one of our long-term members. All right, that's enough of that. That was I was really hoping, I mean, the, I've I I'm I'm erasing a whole bunch of stuff on this podcast because it was not that interesting. I I think that was that was as that was as interesting as this is going to get. Ah, I was really hoping, you know, you get like a two-minute spiel, and then if you want to stay on the line, we'll put you through to a representative, and then I can talk to somebody, and then, you know, be an asshole. But it was directed me to this website, and then you go to the website, and then it says you watch a bunch of videos, and then you schedule a call from one of, one of our representatives to call you and discuss your financial future and how you can make $57,000 every day. 90 minutes by not selling anything and not leaving the house and not doing anything at all. I mean, yeah, that sounds like, sign me up. Um, but I got to tell you, it just kept going. This The, the, the pre-recorded thing just kept going. And then the dude jumped on and he's like, well, hey, friend, now that you have listened to this message, why don't you go to www.7kcalorie7k cash 7k cash flow i don't know what the fuck it was some nonsense thing and i thought uh you know what maybe offline you know without the podcast i can go and like fill out this stuff and then when somebody calls me back i can record it for the podcast but that's uh the website wouldn't even work i went to exactly the website as they told me to go and it's could not find the server so uh clearly this whole organization is very much on the up and up and uh, so much so that this private website is so private that I can't even get out. It doesn't even exist. I like how they lump in. And by the way, like, you know, uh, selling real estate, selling, you know, financial products, even those like cons- whatever it is, the work from home consulting uh, beauty products and all that other stuff. Like, at least that's like a thing, you know, <sighs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to what degree it's like, uh, you know, some of those might be, I think those dopey pants, those gross stretch pants with all the little patterns on them, I, I think that was, that ended up being like a legit fraud, like major scam thing. But I don't know. People do those beauty products. They seem to be, like it's years later and I have a lot of friends who are still doing it. Uh, you know, uh, at least that's, it's like a thing. It's like, oh, hey. Here's a bunch of you know. Here's a bunch of products, and you host these things, and you sell this product. Eh, that's actually like, oh, it's a tangible thing. I I get it. I 
I sell the product, I probably have to buy the product and then sell the product. Uh, and then, you know, put together these parties and do all this home business thing. Uh, at, at least it's like a thing. It's like, okay, I get it. I sell the product, I get the money. I buy more of the product from the thing, and then I sell more of the product, and I get more, you know, just like Mary Kay Cosmetics or like, you know, a Cutco Knives. That's a story for a podcast. Jeez. Um, you know what? Let me take a break. Maybe uh, this this was not a scheduled thing. This does remind me of some of the many shitty things that I've tried to sell before. Um, and sales really is just the worst. It's the worst job on the planet. Um yeah, let's talk about Cutco Knives. Let me take a break. Let me try to get some water. And then I'm going to tell you about Cutco Knives. Because this, uh, this phone call was obviously a dud. This went this went nowhere fast. Uh, but it was fun to listen to the recording. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll be right back. Stick around. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, back with more Birthday Boy Podcast. Little uh, Ellie Goulding. Alright. I have to like, plan my podcast and then stick to it, but god damn it. This phone call. There's a voicemail that went absolutely nowhere. Uh, yeah, it reminded me of... I had two really shitty jobs. Well, I've had many really shitty jobs, but I had two that were just... just a nightmare. And, uh, well, I've had many that were a nightmare. But two that I'm going to talk about <laughs> that were a nightmare. Oh, God damn it, if I can get this... If I can ever get myself to be uh, not congested. So, summer of 1999, after my freshman year of college, and you would always see those, those, you still see them, summer work, uh, you know, back then it was advertising like $15 an hour, some nonsense. You say, wow, shit, I'd like to make that kind of money in 1999. That's pretty good money in 1999, 1999, 1999. Uh, and so, like an idiot, I, I went to the, oh, God. So you see the thing, you get, or get the flyer in the mail, it says, call this number to find out how you can, you know, work for the summer making $15 an hour. And I said, geez, that's, that's pretty nice. Well, I'd be stupid not to. And so I called the number, and he said, yeah, well, you have to come down. Uh, there's a little, uh, you know, introduction meeting, and then you'll have an interview. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I went to uh, downtown Saratoga, and uh, one night in late, I don't know, late May or early June, perhaps. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, you know, me and uh, maybe a dozen or so other people. And this fucking guy doing this whole pitch about selling Cutco knives. His name was Adam, Adam Wilner. And I don't know what this guy was, what planet this guy was from. I can't find him anywhere. Like I've tried to look to see like if he's, if he's climbed up the ranks, like of, of the Cutco knife 
uh, empire and vector marketing. That's the thing. It's called vector marketing. So they have these Cutco makes these knives and they're actually really, really good knives. And, uh, you know, the lifetime guarantee, there's all these selling points and, you know, the sales person, uh, you know, goes and demonstrates knives and cuts rope and leather pieces and all this shit. And then you sell knives. And so I'm sitting there listening to him do this whole spiel. And he's, this guy sounded like if Jim Rome was on like speed and crack and like he he was just even more amped up amped up than G- like like you know Jim Rome welcome to the jungle I'm Jim Rome how are you tremendous tremendous Tuesday to you <laughs> what is up I'm Jim Rome uh, you know he sounds like a robot but you know there's kind of a human in there somewhere you can kind of sort of see it not really but kind of um Anyway, but it works for him, and he's, you know, made a ton of money, millions and millions and millions of dollars doing that fucking Jim Rome. I, 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 I don't even know if that's a character, if that's just how he is. Um, anyway, this guy was, was like that, and he this dude, Adam, so he ran the, 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 the sales office, and the marketing, it was called Vector Marketing, and that was the marketing group that was, that cut coat... <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, would outsource the, the sales to. And so Vector Marketing would take these Cutco knives and go around and demonstrate them. And and he's given the whole pitch. Like, he's showing the knives and he's cutting the rope and he's cutting leather. And he's like, these are great. These are awesome knives. And uh, and I'm just like, wow, this guy's fucking, fucking weird. Um, and he's just like, he's going through the whole product. Big smile on his face. You are gonna you are gonna have an awesome time working here selling these Cutco knives. And you know what the thing you know the thing is you don't even you don't sell these knives. You know why? Because these knives sell themselves. You know what? And he's like going on and on. And he's like, he's like let me tell you something else. Uh, you know, he's going through like the pay structure, and I'm not paying attention. Uh, so I'm still thinking that like. I'm just going, <laughs> I'm going to be making $15 an hour, whether I'm selling knives or not. That's what an idiot I was. I just completely tuned out uh, because this wasn't interesting to me. I'm just like, get to the part, you know, am I hired or not? And, you know, when do you pay me $15 an hour just for the summer? And then I can just be done with this and go back to college and whatever. And so I missed the part where he said, yeah, you don't actually make $15 an hour. You make $15 you know, each demonstration takes an hour to do. You set up demonstrations with potential customers and you pitch these knives and you demonstrate the knives and you cut leather and rope and all this other bullshit with the knives. And then uh, you get a cut, you know, you get a certain percent of, you know, you get a commission. And, uh, you know, you, you never actually make, you know, you don't make that much. You make jack shit. And some people make a lot because some people really get carried away and they sell them to all their friends and family and they actually take it seriously and they get referrals to other people and they're like natural born salespeople and can just go cold call and bang on somebody's door and sell them a bunch of bullshit. I can't do that. Uh, Adam, this fucking spazoid is talking about like, oh, and Cutco, you know, if we were if we were such a terrible company, would we be studied in the uh, business textbooks of, and he's listing these universities and all this other stuff. That, and I'm like, yeah, but in what, and I'm thinking to myself like, hmm, 
I should probably do some research and find out in what context is the marketing strategy studied in these universities. Uh, and I didn't. Um, and I'll get to that in a sec. So he's going through the pitch. It's going to be awesome. You're going to have an awesome day. You're going to have a good, if you sold like the big Cutco set, you're going to have, you're going to have a grand day. So then he brings individually, each person then goes into his office and you have a little sit down interview and he does this whole bullshit thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm selling my ass off. Like, dude, uh, you know, I can, I can sell these knives. I've sold. (laughs) And at the time I was still working at KB toys. I'm like, I sell toys. If I can sell toys, I can sell knives. I can sell anything, dude. Or I don't know what the fuck I said, but I, I, you know, I'm, you know, laying it on real thick. And, uh, and then he just sits back in his chair. He's like, he's like, listen, he gets real serious. And I'm like, oh shit. Wow. Am I, and I'm a sucker at that time. I don't know anything about anything. And he sits back and he kind of leans back in his chair and he goes, listen, my man. I got to tell you, he's like, some people, some people come in here and they, they just have it and, and, and they can go out and they can do this job. And I need to tell you right now, you know, I, I really got to be honest with you. And I'm like, man, I don't have it. He's going to, he's about to tell me I don't have it. And he, and then he sits up in his chair with this big smile on his face. He's like, he's like, you have it, my man. My, and my question to you is, do you want it? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 you, you're offering me the job. And he's like, he's like, absolutely. My man. I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. And I was legitimately excited and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm like the thing that you just did there. You made it seem like I wasn't going to get the job, but then I did. And he was like, he had a big fucking asshole smile on his face. He's like, he's like Johnny, my man. He's like, He's like, I can tell you were born to do this, my man. Bro, you got the job. And I'm like, ah, oh, sweet. And I was, I, uh, I remember, I remember driving home, <laughs> blasting. I was so excited that I got the job. And I turned on the radio. <laughs> and the scorpions came on, rocking like a hurricane. And so I've got, it's, you know, it's a beautiful summer night. And I'm just, I'm like driving up the main drag in Saratoga, blasting this. And I'm like, yes, I did it. I got the job. <laughs> I got the job. I'm going to sell knives. <laughs> I work for Cutco. And I'm going to make $15 an hour times 40 hours a week because I didn't listen to a single word of that presentation. <laughs> Oh my god, I was absolutely elated. I was so ex- I was so excited, my man. Oh my god. And uh Yeah, so I so then I show up the next you know, whenever month the following Monday or whenever I was supposed to start. I feel like it was a Saturday. I think I like had the interview on a Friday night and he's like, be back here 8 a.m. tomorrow, my man, and you're gonna have an awesome day. Johnny, my man, you're gonna crush it, bro. <laughs> and I drove home. <laughs> I drove home, and uh, one of the many Buicks that I inherited from my parents and/or grandparents, <laughs> blasting this song. Oh, it was my grandmother's blue '89 Buick Park Ave. That's what I was driving at the time. 
so I'm I'm flying up the uh, the main drag there, Route 50, blasting scorpions. Yeah, I did it! I work for Kyle. I'm gonna sell cocoa knives, and I'm gonna make a ton of money. And they're gonna pay me fifteen dollars an hour, a full-time salary, because I didn't pay attention to anything. Yeah! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I so I showed up the next day, and you had to do training. You know, they they give you a whole sales pitch, and you have to you have to rehearse the sales pitch, and. Uh, and he walks, this guy Adam walks around the room while everybody's practicing their sales, sales pitch on the other salespeople. And he's like, he's like, Johnny, my man, you are doing awesome. Awesome, bro. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And the, the girl that I was partnered with, like practicing my sales pitch, I think at lunch, like she left and didn't come back. And then, so, like, the next day, I came in to actually start, like, cold calling people. And I was like, hey, what happened to whatever her name, whatever her name was. And uh, Adam's like, crash and burn, my man. Crash and burn. And I'm like, what? Like, is she she's dead? <laughs> she got into a car accident? And he's like, no, my man. She just wasn't cut out for it, bro. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I wouldn't say crash and burn. She might have just decided maybe this wasn't for her. You don't have to, like, shit on everybody that's not going to sell fucking steak knives. But, okay. I guess at least I now know how you're going to talk about me when I eventually crash and burn. Which, at this point, I'm already, like, I'm doing the pitch. You know, I'm practicing, and I'm like, this this, this ain't going to last very long. And uh, <clears throat> so, so then you realize why this whole scheme is studied in these business school textbooks at all these, you know, prestigious universities. And it's because it's, it's actually brilliant. They bring in these fucking idiot college kids. They're on break for the summer, you know, 19, 20 something year old kids, maybe fresh out of college. Don't know what the hell they're going to do. And they bring these suckers in and tell them they're going to make $15 an hour. And of course, who are you going to sell knives to? Strangers on the street? Go door to door? No. You're going to sell it to your closest family and friends. And because you are only 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, you know, it's not like me as a 40-year-old where, you know, I'm not going to just, like, remember all these people from my childhood and cold, cold call them and ask to sell them knives, a 40-year-old, an almost 40-year-old. Uh, so a 19-year-old just trying to make it in the world, it's like, oh, that's pretty easy. I can call. So the the next step is you're supposed to you're supposed to come up with a list. Your family, your parents, your grandparents, aunts and uncles, your neighbors, your teachers, your friends' parents, every people from your church, anything you do, any place you go, you, you know, uh, you get these adults over eighteen and set up demos with these people. You set up a demonstration and you just drive all over the place. And that's all you do. Oh, and also, uh, you're, you're, everyone's going to be given a, a starter, uh, a, a demo kit, which includes a couple of the key knives. It includes like five or six of the main knives that you want to show off. A little, you got a steak knife and a French chef and a paring knife and a couple of the, the really nice scissors. And the, and the demo kit comes with some rope so you can hang yourself. Uh, Actually, well, yeah, but but first, before that, you uh, you use the rope to demonstrate the the quality of the knife because you 
you have your demonstration, you cut through the knife in one slice, one fell swoop, and you cut through a piece of leather. Oh, you try, give me your, give me a steak knife out of your drawer, and I'm going to cut, oh, you can't cut it. Watch this, the cut cone knife rips right through the leather and other shit. Anyway, so you, uh, you know, uh, you get this kit. Uh, well, of course, you pay like $150, and then they give you the kit. Um, so now you're, so now let's see, net profit to me, negative $150 for my summer vacation of trying to earn some money. Uh, great. So now I've paid a lot of money. And, uh, and then the first thing you do is you go and you, you know, you sell some knives to your parents, you sell some knives to your grandparents, the easy stuff, the, the relatives who are going to let you in. And then it gets a little harder, but man, I delivered newspapers to pretty much everyone in my neighborhood. And then uh, two and a, a year and a half later, here I am showing up at their door selling them steak knives. And they loved me because I was the best paper delivery person they ever had. And they all bought steak knives from me. My parents bought the big, the big grand set of steak knives. Uh, you know, everybody. So that's, that's the genius of it. And all this time you're supposed to be asking them for leads because eventually that's going to dry up. Your friends and family are going to dry up and then like, okay, now who do I sell knives to? Well, your friends and family are supposed to give you some new people that you can then go and sell them. You can sell knives to, and then those people give you leads and then you just keep expanding, getting more leads and more leads and selling more and more knives. Uh, I didn't do that because I knew like I ain't selling this shit to strangers. I'm just going to sell to my family and be done. And that's exactly what they expect you to do. They know that's what you're going to do. Most people are not cut out to be in sales. And the people who aren't are still going to be pretty good at selling shit to the people that know them really well. Just because that's, like, pretty easy to do. Um, and so... <laughs> oh, fuck! <coughs> and so, that's why they're studied in te textbooks. Because they bring in all these college kids. They have them make a list of every person they know who lives in the area locally, and they go around to all those people's houses for maybe a couple weeks, maybe the entire summer, depending on how many people you know. And you sell the shit out of those steak knives. And then by the time you're done, your parents and your aunts and uncles and your grandparents and your priest at church and your high school principal and your neighbors and your best friend's parents and everybody that you know now has... Uh, these Cutco knives, and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, well, I didn't really get any leads, so I'm just going to quit now, and then they say, great, I don't give a shit, because we've just made a ton of money off of you, idiot, selling steak knives to all your friends and family, and now they all have steak knives, <laughs> and that's it, that's, that's the brilliance, the brilliant piece of it is, yeah, they bring in these college kids, get them to sell knives to all the people they know, and then, hey, uh, the uh, best case scenario is they stick around and actually get leads and keep selling knives. Worst case scenario is they don't, they do exactly what I do and say, yeah, fuck this, I'm out of here, and uh, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, in the meantime, though, the interactions with this character Adam were just extraordinary. Um, Anytime I would, you know, you have to call the sales office and check in, you know, how did your first demo go? Did you sell anything? Uh, and I would, I would ring the office and I didn't have a cell phone. So I'd have to like, I don't know, go home or do, I don't even know where the hell I was calling from. Or maybe I did have a cell phone at this point. Actually, I did probably have like a real crappy anyway. Uh, but you call the office to check in a couple times a day and Adam answers the phone. And when Adam answers the phone, Remember, the name of the marketing thing is Vector Marketing. So he would answer the phone, Vector, <laughs> every fucking time. 
and I'd be like, hey, Adam, what's up? Uh, it's John. Johnny, my man, talk to me. What's going on? Did you have some demos? How'd they go, bro? Did you have an awesome day? And, oh, I would be like, hey, Adam, how you doing? And he would say, Johnny, my man, I am awesome. I have never had a bad day in my life. I am doing awesome. And uh, I actually, years later, I, I didn't know who Jim Rome was until like maybe two or three years later. And when I heard Jim Rome on the radio, I was like, oh, my God, is this Adam? Did Adam leave the world of knife sales to talk to go into sports talk radio? Because they I'm not doing a very good Jim Rome imitation. Um, but, yeah, this guy, this guy sounded like Jim Rome. I just didn't know it because in 1999, I didn't know who Jim Rome was. Um, so yeah, Johnny, my man, I am doing awesome. I have never had a bad day in my life and the cold is not helping me, uh, do a very good imitation either, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, he would answer the phone every time. Vector. Hey, Adam, it's John. Johnny, my man, what is up? Talk to me. Hey, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am awesome. I've never had a bad day in my life, bro. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Um, that's you're, and I'm like, you're lying to me. You're absolutely, you're one thousand percent lying. Everybody's had a bad day. Every day is a bad day in some ways. There's something bad that happens. You're fucking like you're a, you're a, you're a goon. You're a you're a robot from another planet. I don't know what you are, but you are a weird dude. And uh. And one of the first people that I sold knives to was my was my parents. And there's different, you know, you can sell one little steak knife or you can sell a set of steak knives or you can sell the entire set, which comes with a wood block and every, you know, key knife and those, the really good scissors and, uh, and yeah, I don't know, a bunch of other bullshit cleaning stuff. I, I, I don't even know. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you sell this, this ultimate set of knives, um, it is, it is what is called having a grand day, if you can manage to sell. And I think the contest was of my group that started, uh, the first person to sell, you know, the full set of knives got like, uh, he would buy you a case of beer, which was weird because I was 19 and I didn't, you know, I didn't quite know, or, or, you know, 20 bucks or something like that. And so, of course... Um, my parents always wanting to support my dreams, whether it's Cutco knife sales or, or what have you. Uh, yeah, they bought the, they bought the full set of knives. Uh, I'm, I'm exactly the kind of person that Cutco wants to bring in and just sell a ton of knives to their parents and grandparents and then, you know, be done with me. And, uh, yeah. So I call, I was like, Hey Adam, how you doing? Johnny, I am doing awesome. I have never had a bad day. And then he would pause for an hour and a half. I have never had a bad day in my life. I'm like, yeah, you told me that um, an hour ago when I called you. So I guess I should stop asking how you're doing. Anyways, Adam, I, uh, so yeah, I just sold uh, the, the full, you know, the premiere, whatever the fuck it's called, the premiere set. And he's like, Johnny, my man, you just had a grand day. And then I can, there's like a bell ringing in the background or something. He's like, my man, you are doing awesome. Uh, I can buy you a case of beer. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take the beer. And he's like, well, you're 19, so I can't buy you a case of beer, but I can give you $20 to go buy, <laughs> to go buy a case of, like, 
well, you said the prize was between $20 and a case of beer, so why didn't you just make the prize $20? Like, uh, you know, um, of course, a case of beer at the time costing, uh, you know, $15, it was, uh, it was a pretty stupid, but anyways, I ended up with $20, and then, uh, and then my dad actually, at the age of 19, he took me to BJ's, and he bought, he bought a case of Labatt Blue, which I was shocked, and, uh, or Molson Ice, I don't know, some fucking thing, he bought me beer, because he's, uh, he said, well, technically, I'm not buying you this beer, technically, your boss is buying you this beer, and I'm like, that's better how? Shouldn't my father be the one buying me the beer? Like, let's pretend this is you buying me beer. Anyways, so I had a grand day, and I sold all this, uh, uh, all these knives, and uh, <clears throat> and then there were some people, some some friends from school who were also in this this group of mine, and uh, you know, every night we'd have to come, we'd have to, you know, finish our demos, and we were supposed to like circle back at the at the sales office. I think we had to start our day at the sales office and then end our day at the sales office. I mean, man, that fucking sales shit, man. It's you're nonstop on the road. I can't imagine like legitimate sales of things, knives or anything else to like go into a sales office in the morning and huddle up and go through the strategies and the rah-rah bullshit and then uh <laughs> and then go out and sell stuff. And then you got to come back at the end of the day and, you know, one guy has a really good day or maybe even a grand day and you have a shit day and then you feel like garbage. And then it's just like, oh, man. And it's like, boy, it's a lot of hours out of the day, not just driving around, but having to come into the sales office. And like, I just want to go home. It's summer. I'm 19. I don't want to be doing this shit. Uh, but we would have, you know, these little sessions, you know, at the end of the day in the sales office and. And, uh, and this guy, Dave, what the fuck was his name? This like dumb, dumb, Dumbowski, Dumbrowski, Dave Dumbowski, dumb, Dumbowski. You know, he had the word dumb in his name. He was, you know, it was a good, it was a good last name for him. Anyways, funny dude. And, uh, he did this whole he did, you know, they did this role playing where Adam selected Dave, and they did this whole role playing thing. And this guy Dave was like, I was dying. I was cra- He was cracking up the whole room. I mean, he was like, he was on fire. He was role playing about how he, you know, Adam was the salesman, and he was like a, you know, he was the housewife, and he and Adam was like, uh, is is your husband at home? Like, oh no, he's something about hitting the sauce pretty hard. And he was out at the bar, and he was, it's just all this stuff. It was it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. The next day, or maybe a week later, or so, no, it was it was actually later that day. Uh, they reversed. It was after that. Yeah. So Adam, the sales manager played the salesman in this role play and Dave Dumb Dumbo Dumb, Dumbo played uh you know the housewife and was you know everybody was cracking up it was really funny and then they and then they switched and now Adam is playing the the potential client and Dave is playing the uh the salesperson and all of a sudden Adam starts like stealing all of Dave's lines that he just did like 5 minutes before not 5 seconds before that and then he would stop and like bob his head and smile like he was really proud of himself like uh and, and dave's like uh is your is your uh you know is your father home is your mother home and he would be like no he's dr- <laughs> my man he's drunk at the bar and then he has this big smile on his face waiting for all the laughs and everyone's just kind of like mm, mm. i mean like a real like michael scott type of moment 
and and he's just he was just recycling and rehashing and regurgitating all of the funny lines that Dave just did, and he's just stealing Dave's lines and uh, and nobody's laughing and it was just it was really really abysmal, but uh, but funny, and uh, what else what else can I think of? So <laughs> then for some reason that completely escapes me, I guess. See, here's the thing. I was really, I was going out to all my friends, uh, their parents, my neighbors from delivery, paper delivery, my my church people, everybody was like super nice. Everybody, you know, uh, everybody loved me. So they were letting me into their house to sell them knives. And in many cases, I would walk out of there having made even just like, you know, oh, you want one steak knife. Cool. Uh, and so, like, I had um, what's called a closing rate, and my closing rate was, like, 65%, which is, that's the percentage of, you know, how many, uh, you know, how many attempts are successful. How many, uh, you know, you're selling 65% of the customers that I'm visiting are buying something from me. And I remember meeting with one of my neighbors, and their, like, uncle lived with them, and he sat in on the demo, and he was asking me, he's like, what's your closing rate? I'm like, ah, like, 66 65%, whatever the hell it was. And he was like, holy shit, that's unbelievable. He's like, God, he's like, a, he's like, on a good day, most people are like 20 or 30% or something like that. I don't know. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm just selling to people I know. I'm like, if you put me out with strangers, yeah, it's going to be like 1%, maybe. Um, that's if I hold somebody, uh, you know, if I hold one of these Cutco knives to their throat and tell them to buy one. Then maybe, that, maybe that's a chance that I can sell something. But right now I'm selling to people I know, and that's pretty easy. Um, I even, I mean, I had one, I had one morning, like, Jesus Christ, just a night of uh, drunken debauchery. And I remember getting up the next morning and I was still, I think I fell asleep. I fell asleep on a patio chair out on the, out on my parents' back porch. And I woke up. Uh, and as soon as I got up out of the patio chair, I stumbled about 10 feet to the left into the patio table. And I realized I had a, I had a Cutco knife demonstration in about five minutes and I'm still, I'm completely hammered. I'm just completely shit faced. So I grabbed my little, you know, my shirt was still on from the day before. And, uh, I grabbed my thing and it was luckily it was somebody right in the neighborhood. And I drove over to their house and I'm selling like a ton of knives. And I just, I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't even look at this. I didn't even know who was at the table with me doing this knife demonstration. But all of a sudden she's like, I cut the rope and I'm cutting the leather. And she's like, well, oh my God, this is amazing. And she's like going into her fridge and into her drawers to see like what other shit we can cut. I think, I think I, oh, with the scissors, you take out a penny and you cut a penny in half with the scissors, which is, you know, like illegal, but. You know, nobody cared. They were just, you know, they were wowed by this. And she's like, ah, I'll take uh, whatever you got. Oh, my God, steak knives are great. I'll take what else can we cut? Let's cut some more things. And she's getting stuff out of her drawer, like throwing it on the table. Like, cut this. <laughs> this is my husband's tie. Can you cut it? Like, well, I just cut a piece of rope and a penny. Yeah, of course I can cut a tie, stupid. Like, we, you know, I mean, anyway. Uh, so, and I'm just, I'm just fucking hammered and I'm just cutting, I'm just sitting at this table and we're just, for the two of us are just cracking up. I mean, who knows? Maybe she was as drunk as I was, but I'm just, I'm laughing my ass off, cutting things. She's cutting things. And I sold like a, you know, like $500 worth of knives and it was great. It was just really, you know, I was in my prime. I was in my prime of knife selling after, you know, four days on the job or something like that. And, uh. And then for some reason, 
well, hold that thought. Uh, one of the people that I, I sold, I sold knives to my grandparents. And during that demonstration, we sat at their dining room table where I have had many a dinner, many a Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve dinner, uh, sat at the dining room table and, uh, I pulled out the French chef knife, and for some reason, I just gouged my my hand or my finger or my thumb, something. I just, I sliced the shit. I just, pew, pew, just like stabbed myself with the tip of the knife, just the tip, uh, <laughs> right in the finger. And I said, uh, I'm going to uh, excuse myself. I'll let you two uh, discuss your options. Um... I'm gonna. I'm going to excuse myself and run to the restroom for a second. I'll be right back. And my grandparents started laughing. They're like, "Oh, he's slick." That's. And my my grandfather. He was an engineer, World War II veteran, engineer. Uh, you know, worked in engineering and also, uh, you know, sold engines. I, I don't know what the hell he sold. He sold big stuff, engineering type stuff, and he knew all about sales and you know all that stuff. And he was just started laughing. He's like, ah, he's like, that's a classic trick. He's like, he's good. That Johnny's good. Meanwhile, like, I'm gushing blood as I'm sprinting into the bathroom. I'm trying to, like, not pass out, A, from the sight of my own blood all over my hand and uh, and not pass out from losing all of that blood. And, uh, oh, that's a, uh, that's our grandson, classic Johnny. He's just, uh, he's going to, he's letting us think over these options. You know, yeah. And uh, meanwhile, I'm like, you know, I'm just bleeding out into the sink in their bathroom. <laughs> and it was honestly like 10 minutes because I just, I did not stop gushing blood out of my finger that whole time. And then I, you know, I bandaged myself up, came back out, and they bought a bunch of knives. And then they saw like this big bandage on my finger and they're like, whoa, what's, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, we're going to need to clean up, uh, cl- clean up on aisle five. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because there was, there was plenty of blood on the kitchen floor, and uh, there was a whole, just a path of blood leading to the bathroom, and, uh, yeah, but they still bought, I said, and then I said, you see, these, that's how good those knives are, I just, I nearly severed my hand demonstrating the power of these Cutco knives to you today, so, uh, what'll it be, Grandma, Grandpa, what, what do I have to do to put you in a, a nice new set of steak knives, and they bought the, they bought, like, the second, they didn't buy the, the big set, they bought the second Big Boy Junior, let's call it. Oh man, what what wild times, man! What wild times! And then, I, of course, I called Adam Vector. Hey, Adam, I just sold the uh, the Big Boy Junior, Johnny, my man. <laughs> awesome, Johnny, you are having a grand day, my man. And, and I think that was the other thing too. If you sold the big set, you automatically had a grand day. But if you sold a bunch of little knives and it added up to a certain, if you sold over like a thousand dollars worth of knives in a day, that's that's how you had a grand day. And I think the main knife class set with the bl- block and all that shit, I believe, was about twelve hundred dollars. And I think the June the the second one was about eight or nine hundred. So like, yeah, sell a couple of those, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a grand day, my man. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I had a grand day. And I had many grand days. And the time frame that I'm describing to you of my career of selling Cutco knives, I think, was maybe three weeks. I think all of this took place. I think it might have been closer to two weeks. Uh, It was late June into, like, around the 4th of July, middle of July. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break uh, because I desperately need water. And I'm going to finish this story and finish this podcast. 
Uh, hang in there, friends. I'll be right back with more here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. I need a. I think I need a cough drop. I hate to do it. It's the new Gorillas. It's a good tune. De Soleil. De Soleil. Uh, yeah, I, I might have to pop a cough drop into my mouth and just die in here. The sacrifices I make for a quality podcast. Such as this one. Oh my gosh. That's water's not doing it. I really don't want to have a cough drop in my mouth when I'm telling this story. Finishing this story. got the cough drop on uh, reserve here if I need it, but... Man, it's, you know what's crazy? The gorillas of... What was that, like 2001 when they first showed up on the scene? And, you know, you think about, like, how long had Blur been around uh, before Damon came up with this group? I mean, how many, how many groups has that dude, you know, created or been a part of? It's crazy. I mean, all those hits with Blur and then, you know... The gorillas, and that's still around. That's still, that's still going. Pardon me. Yeah, it's a good tune. Anyways, I mean, it's it's comparable to me being successful with Cutco knife sales, and then going on to sell uh, coupon cards a couple summers later which is another story for another podcast. Let me finish my uh, my Cutco story here, though. So <clears throat> so I'm selling these knives to my parents, to my grandparents, to everybody and, and anybody who will pick up the phone and take my call and let me, let me come in and sit in their house and cut rope and pennies and leather and all the other bullshit that I, that I cut. So in addition to that, then uh, I'm like a couple weeks into this job and there's this sales conference, like this Cutco Knife sales conference in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which <sighs> the fucking idiots from Lancaster, Pennsylvania tell you you have to say Lancaster. Lancaster. It's just like all this New England bullshit. You can't say Peabody. It's Peabody. You know, it's not Leo Minster. It's Leminster. It's not Groton, it's Groton. Like Al Groton. Anyway, a lot of idiotic. All these little regions have their idiotic ways of pronouncing things. I mean, you know, Worcester, my God. My God. Anyhow, uh, <clears throat> so I was handpicked. Only, only a few of the top salespeople got to go to this sales conference. And it's just like... If you ever watched Dwight's speech on The Office, I mean, that's what it is. It's just a bunch of rah-rah bullshit you hear, you know, from the execs 
of like of of uh, you know Cutco and and or Vector. I don't even know. I guess maybe it was more Vector, but yeah, I guess it was like the marketing firm or the cut. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think maybe Vector was an in-house. Maybe it was their in-house sales thing because I think it was both Cutco and Vector people. It was these executives and successful salespeople telling how how they found success and all this bullshit. And uh, and it's just just you know just a good fucking giant waste of a weekend. So uh, and the people uh, the people that were uh, that went out there were um, you know the top the five or six you know a bunch of bunch of people from from the from my group in, in New York and uh, and we yeah we stayed overnight in some hotel in Lancaster Lancaster and uh, the, the highlight for me was that because I I think I was do, working late maybe at KB toys or I, I don't know I had maybe a demo I don't even know uh, but I, I wasn't able to go with the rest of the group and so Adam the sales manager uh, it was just the two of us driving to the hotel for like six hours in his, and this is the thing, the car that he was driving was a fucking beater, just a fucking beat ass, I don't know, some old, you know, Honda Civic, you know, rust, and he kept like having to, he he had like the CD player like hanging, the wires were hanging out, and yet he kept having to, you know, fix it, he he kept trying to listen to Wyclef Jean, (laughs) And he kept having to fix it, and you couldn't hear it. And then this, and 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 I, and it was just, it was just a nightmare. And all he wanted to do was talk about selling knives, and I wanted to talk about anything but selling knives. I actually wanted to, I wanted to present the worst possible version of me. And so the ride down, uh, you know, he's he's just trying to steer the conversation towards you know Cutco and Vector and. You know, he's telling me about, you know, where he went to college, uh, some college, some liberal arts college up in Maine, and that he was, uh, he was born and raised, uh, whatever, wherever the hell he's from, he grew up in, like, modular housing or something, you know, like, like, not quite a trailer park, but kind of a trailer park, and, uh, and he's, you know, he was, like, on the wrestling team in college, he's, like, five foot four, and he, and then I got to see him, I never saw him leave the sales office, so like we would stop to get uh, you know get gas and you know use the restroom or something and he walked I've never seen anybody walk like this. He walked like um like kind of like a penguin who has like a broomstick like stuck in their anus and he's just I I mean this is an audio so I can't really <laughs> I can't do much to to describe it beyond that but he's he's walking at such a pace that like I I would have to sprint to keep a pace with him. And he's just doing a regular walk. His his legs are barely moving. His ass cheeks are like, you know, <laughs> almost as high as his shoulder blades. And he's just he's just got this like waddle strut penguin kind of thing, like speed walking into the into the bathroom. And uh, you know, I would I was just doing weird stuff like like I would you know I'd pull up to the urinal next to him in the bathroom, <laughs> the rest stop. And I would just be like, I would just start taking a piss, and I would just be like, "Oh yeah," and he was kind of like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Hey, Adam," and he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Do you ever get the chills?" And he was like, "What?" I'm like, "You know, when you pee so good that it gives you the chills." <laughs> 
And he was like, uh, yeah, we better get going, my man. We got to hit the road. And, I'm like, <laughs> and then we get in the car and I'm just, I'm just carrying on about nonsense. I'm just, I'm rambling to him about the stupidest things ever. And I don't remember much. I don't remember all of it except, uh, telling him that, uh, you know, my family and I had just gone and, and we, we saw Rent at Proctor's Theater in Schenectady. And everybody had always been raving about how great Rent is. And I thought Rent sucked. And I, I hated the music. I just didn't care about the story. I just thought it sucked. And uh, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, ah. I'm like why do I want to sit there for two hours listening to these people just carrying on about all their little problems? Of course, their little problems are like, uh, you know, like poverty and AIDS and, you know, being shunned from society, you know, not being accepted because they're gay and like, you know, actually pretty significant problems. But I'm just sitting there just like a fucking, you know, like a slug, like, ah, just singing these crappy songs about their little problems all day. And he's just kind of like, huh, OK. So now I'm like, now I'm starting to see the human version instead of Victor. And uh, and now I'm starting to say, like, hey, man, if you never had a bad day in your life, uh, you're about to ride six hours in the car to Pennsylvania with old Johnny Boy. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to give you I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to give you a grand day, my man. And I'm not talking about selling knives, motherfucker. And uh, so anyways, uh, by the time when it was time to drive back from the from the convention, the sales convention, uh, Adam had decided to select two other dudes, two other fellas that he was going to ride back with. And he came up with, so he's like, he's like, Hey, my man, I haven't really gotten a chance to, uh, to have a, to have a dialogue with, uh, you know, whatever Sco- Scooty and Scotty. And, uh, so I, they're going to ride back with me, my man. Okay. Is that cool, bro? Awesome. Johnny, you're awesome. My man, you're doing great, my man. And, uh, I was like, oh, thank God it worked. And that's all I wanted to do was just ensure that I was not riding in the same car with him on the way back. So I just, you know, I just made weird comments while we were peeing next to each other and then uh, went on a a rent rant uh, about rent and all their little problems and how silly it is and frivolous and singing. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I, I had him fully just like he was done with me by the end of that road trip. It was great. It was grand. It was a grand day. Uh, so we get to the hotel and Adam, you know, he's, you know, and I should have like, I'm like, wait a minute, if we're all making so much money and Adam's making so much money, why is he driving this piece of shit car? Like I inherited, uh, uh, an 89 park Avenue from my grandmother with, you know, blue leather seating and a, a nice stereo system, a cassette player that I can, you know, put my CD adapter into and, uh, and really a nice, a nice, uh, a nice surround sound system, the sky, whatever, the sunroof. I'm like, my car is pretty nice. We could have taken my car and like, he's got this piece of shit. And I'm like, man, if he's making all this money, why is he driving a piece of shit? And the fucking radio doesn't even work. And it's like, you know, like it sounds like, uh, you know, what's his fucking name? The guy, uh, the YouTube guy that I just played Pickering. It sounded like, it sounded like Ronnie Pickering's, uh, uh, and arch nemesis there driving his little motor scooter. Uh, so that was like, you know, red flag, like, uh Oh, 
I may be involved in some somewhat of a scam here. And, but it's not. A, but that's the thing. It's not a scam. Like this thing that I called into earlier. Uh, you know, that's a one hundred percent scam. That's like whatever it is. Like, oh, you can. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to sell anything. You just have to pass the same telemarketing bullshit on to uh, you know anyone you can find, and make ten thousand dollars every two weeks. Like it's a, that's a full on scam. But that's what I'm saying. It's like these. Uh, you know, selling the beauty products and the whatever, the juice, I don't even know, whatever, the health and beauty and juice and shit, all that stuff is like, at least it's like, you know, Mary Kay, door-to-door, you know, selling vacuums, at least it's like, hey, it's a product, and we can exchange money for a product, for a good, for goods, um, you know, so at least, at least in that regard, like, this whole cucko thing was like, yeah, I mean, it's, if it is a scam, it's only to a certain point because these knives really are legitimate. Like my parents still have their Cutco knives, and you can you there is a lifetime guarantee where you can like send if a if a thing breaks, you send it back and they fix it. Like you go to Costco and they sell Cutco knives at fucking Costco. Like that's a it's a real deal product, um, <laughs> you know. So so at least on that you know in that level, it's like you can you know like well it's not a full on scam, but it is you know there are get me to do a lot of work and I'm not really seeing a ton of money. And then I'm looking at the guy who heads up the entire sales office and he's driving this fucking beater and I'm thinking, oh, okay, he's not making a lot of money either. Or he just really likes this car and maybe he's just saving all his money for, you know, college, which is very, quite likely. Anyway, because the thing that kills me is I thought he was like 45 years old. He was like, he was still in college himself. He was only like two years older than me. Which is just bizarre. Anyway, uh, so we get to the sales convention, sales conference. We get to the hotel late at night, and uh, and I'm I'm shacking up with three dudes in a room with two beds, and the two guys in the one bed were like they went to RPI and they were buddies, so they they shared the one bed, and the guy that they put me in the room with that I had to share a bed with was, look, I'm saying this as a fat guy. This motherfucker had to have been 400 pounds. He was, he was immense. He was enormous. And I say that because he took up, at the time, I was like maybe 150, 160. I was a, I was a little dude at the time. And he took up the whole bed. And, you know, whatever. We fell asleep. I woke up in the night, and this guy, this fat fuck, I, I've never heard snoring. I, you know, I've been in hotel rooms where my dad, you know, my, look, my dad, he's he's got, you know, he, I don't think he snores anymore because he did the, the sleep apnea machine and all that stuff. He's, you know, he's gotten himself in good shape, um, you know, so I, I think the snoring is at a minimal, minimum, but back in the 90s, um, yeah, my dad snored like a motherfucker. I, I once left a hotel room and went and got in the car and slept in the car because I couldn't, I couldn't take the snoring. And, uh. Like, after, you know, I would get up and go over and, like, punch my dad. <laughs> punch my dad <laughs> if we stayed, like, in a little, you know, a motor inn on the way to uh, Myrtle Beach or something or floor, whatever. Uh, I would just, in the middle of the night, I would wake up and he'd be like, <sighs> you know, going, going to town and everybody else is sleeping. I'm like, how is anybody else sleeping during this? And, you know, it's just the worst thing because it's, like, it's silent and then... <sighs> It's like, okay, maybe he's done. Okay. He's chomping his lips, maybe. 
uh, and so I would get up and like I would just walk over to the bed and just punch my dad, <laughs> and then he'd roll over and I'd be like, ah, good, it worked. I got him to stop snoring. And then five minutes later, as I'm falling asleep, and he, oh god damn it. Uh, so I say that because this fella, this giant, monstrous individual who was very nice uh, and humongous, and he snored like a son of a bitch all night. And I just remember waking up in the middle of the night, and I, and just the fact that I had to like share a you know a queen size bed with him, I just thought it was just so disgusting and weird, and like what am I, what is happening right now in my life? And I just remember, you know, my my back was to him, you know, I slept like on the edge of the bed. And I just remember just winding up my leg like he was, he was, you know, you know, just disgusting, slobbering, fucking snoring sleep all night. And I just wound up my leg and just, I just mule kicked him as hard as I could right in the kidneys. (laughs) And then he stopped. And I thought like, oh, what if I like, you know, what if I ruptured his kidney? What if I killed, I kicked him so hard in the back. Like, I did damage, and he's like, you know, he's dead. And then I thought, eh, well, if he's dead now, he's still going to be dead in the morning, and there's nothing I can do now or then to save him, so I might as well go back to sleep, because at least he's not snoring. And uh, and he was alive. He got up the next day, and, and I just said, man, oh, man, you're fucking, you've got sleeping, snoring problems like nothing. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Uh, and then And then after the convention, there was some kid who was, like, from a different group, and he wanted, like, he wanted me to go and, like, sit in his car with him and drink beer uh, because he was, you know, really like, oh, man, it sucks that we can't have beer in the hotel, man. And I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, I guess it makes sense because there's a lot of, you know, like, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, so they don't want to, you know, run that risk. And he's like, fuck that. He's like, hey, I got some beers in my car. I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, yeah, great, bring him into the hotel, sneak him in. And he's like, no, man, I don't want to get in trouble. He's like, how about, he's like, how about you come out and meet me in my car in about 20 minutes and we'll just sit in the car and drink. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Um, Why don't you go get in the car and I will try to avoid you forever. And that's exactly what I did. I, I don't remember. I guess I went to sleep. I don't know. Mule kicked the guy again, got up the next morning and, and rode back in the car with the, with the, with the snoring guy and some other chick and some other chick who was driving and had a perfectly lovely time. Um, and the car that we drove back in, uh, did not have air conditioning and was overheating frequently. And so as a result, we had to have the heater on full blast in the middle of July on a 90 degree day, driving from Pennsylvania back to New York. Um, but you know, Hey, at least I wasn't in the car with Vector, Adam Wilner, uh, and his craziness, his crazy little ass. Uh, yeah. And then during the conference itself, during the convention itself, uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of speeches and, you know, people really, you know, that whole fucking drink the Kool-Aid nonsense that they do, uh, the, you know, uh, and man, you know, you don't think about it now, but you... I didn't think I'd be here for 10 years, and I'm on like 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And I've been here 
for this many years, and I just keep going, and it is awesome. And everybody sounds like Adam. It is awesome. You're going to keep having a grand day. <laughs> it's just like it's like a fucking cult. And I remember sitting at the little table listening to this guy and just saying, like, <laughs> be here in 10 years. I'm like, I'll be surprised if I'm here by the end of the week. And uh, it was, you know, it was a joke. I thought I would get some laughs. And this kid next to me turned around and just stared at me. And he's like, why would you even say that? He's like, you never know. He's like, if you really, he's like, he's like, are you serious about this or what? He's like, you, and he's like giving me this whole lecture. I'm like, dude, it was a joke. It was a fucking joke. Although not a joke because I think I lasted about one more week. And uh, I did the thing that I used to do. Um, which was to uh, be professional and go down to the sales office. And I said, Adam, uh, this just isn't for me. Uh, you know, I've hopefully I've made you some money. You know, we've had some success in the last three or four weeks that I've been here. Uh, but I think it's time for me to, to, to move on to something else. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, that is not at all what I did. What I did was I just stopped going and Adam would call the house and my dad would answer and I would just have my parents lie and say that I was on a sales call <laughs> doing a demonstration. And then finally one morning he got a hold of me and he's like, Johnny, my man, I haven't seen you in a few days. Where have you been, bro? I've been trying to reach you. And then I was just like, oh yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just done. I'm not coming in today or ever again. And then he was like, oh, oh okay, cool, bro. Uh, and then he was like, yeah, all right, no worries. And then that was it. Because he was like, okay, I'm just going to go on to the next sucker. And and I, I remember, you know, for days I was just like, because I had never left a job. Other than, you know, I resigned from delivering newspapers, but that was pretty easy to do. I think I just had my dad call Mr. Collins, my boss, and say, like, oh, yeah, John's going to finish uh, delivering newspapers this year. And because uh, I was in high school. <coughs> okay. Oh, fuck. Uh, but, yeah, this one I just, uh, you know, I was panicked. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to, like, Adam's so crazy. He's not going to let me leave. He's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be selling these knives forever. There's no way out of this except just I'm just going to ghost him. I'm just going to stop stop calling in, stop checking in, stop going into the sales office. I'm just going to be done. And uh yeah, and then he finally called me and caught up with me and he and I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm just I'm just going to be done." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And uh, and that was it. I'm sure if I had resigned before uh, riding with him for 6 hours in the car down to Pennsylvania, he would have been really upset, but I think once he got uh, he once he got a little taste of the Johnny Boy experience, he was more than happy to see me uh tender my resignation and that was the end of it and it just drives but it drives me nuts because i want to know like I, I remember years later my dad was talking to a friend and he mentioned adam's name uh because my dad met adam when he came to pick me up to take me to the to the sales convention so he remembered and he mentioned to some guy who like worked for cutco or something like that and he goes oh yeah adam wilner he's a he's a big time now at uh at the old knife factory <laughs> And I thought, and I thought, yeah, this guy's probably going to be, he's going to be a lifer. And I would, you know, I try to look the dude up on LinkedIn, uh, Adam Wilner with one L with, uh, with two L I, yeah, I get, I get nothing. I get nothing at all. And, uh, I don't know. I'm going to keep at it though. Cause I want to figure out like, you know, what's he doing? Where is he? Is he still selling cut code knives? <laughs> I can't imagine that he is. 
Uh, there's an attorney named Adam Wilner in New York. That's not him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up right now. There's, yeah, no, none of these guys. Nope, none of these fucking guys are Adam Wilner. So who knows? I mean, what happened to him? Where did he go? He just, that's it. He disappeared. He dropped off, dropped off the face of the planet, which is really sad because, uh, you know, I would look, oh, look at this. Wait a minute. There's an Adam Wilner English department of some high school in Baltimore. That could very well be him. He was an English major. I would be very happy to find out that he's, uh, that he left that nonsense and actually, you know, did something that doesn't totally suck. But he was so fucking weird that I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that like, that he just, that he stayed with Vector. He stayed with Cutco and, and just ended up in a padded room somewhere rocking back and forth yelling, Vector, Vector, you're going to have a grand day, my man. Yeah, I don't know. And I just, I looked up, I, I couldn't remember the name of the guy. I looked up liberal colleges in Maine. It's Colby College. And I saw him listed as a graduate of the class of 2000. I don't know what to do with that information. My wife is very good at, uh, at finding people in, <laughs> online, figuring out, you know, if there's a, you know, a parent of, of a kid's friend to figure out, you know, what's their deal. Yeah, she's, she's good at finding all the information. She's a regular Dwight Schrute. When it comes to that kind of uh, investigative, you know, kind of like Dwight finding out about Pam's cousins and, you know, hot bridesmaids for Michael Scott before the wedding, Jim and Pam's wedding. Yeah, that's Kim. She can she can do all, all that research pretty well. I, uh, I just don't care enough to do it, but she's my she's my go to if I need some some P.I. work done. <laughs> so maybe I'll maybe I'll outsource this project to her, see if she can find Adam Wilner. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the, so yeah, my Cutco knife selling days, and I sold knives to every person, you know, family and friends, parents, <coughs> parents of friends, relatives, people from church, people from the neighborhood, people from school, people from everywhere. I just was nonstop selling those knives, and then when I once I ran out of people, yeah, that was enough. That was enough, and then it was back to selling toys. Until a year later when they fired me from that. <laughs> Which is another story for another time. I need to take another break. And I'll be back with more on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Stick around. It's like a thousand pounds of dynamite Exploded in my heart tonight I close my eyes and see your face Birthday Boy Podcast. It takes me to a special place. It's like a thousand pounds of dynamite. So excited that these guys have a new single out there. The sounds. Things We Do for Love by The Sounds. Oh, yeah. I took a little water break. I might, man, I really want to pop this cough drop, but that's going to make for some bad, some bad radio, or even worse radio than that we already are experiencing here. Um, yeah, the sounds, 
those guys, you know, there was like this, there's this period from like 2004 to like 2000, yeah, definitely to 2006, probably to 2007, um, where it was just like, yeah, there was this weird sort of resurge. It was like, wow, all this like post punk kind of 80s sounding electronic synth new wavy you know all this all this stuff that was kind of going on in those uh four or five years where it was like holy shit like the 80s are back all these great tunes like really 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 good stuff and it's funny because like that that kind of shit doesn't that doesn't happen anymore you know what i mean like it you're not gonna get resurgences of 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 music of genres and styles and decades because like man you go on you go on Spotify you go on iTunes you go on YouTube any of that stuff like there's just there's so many bands making every possible type of music and it's you know it's not for me to say this but you know with what you can do on a Mac on a PC you know it's kind of easy to just make any kind of music. You have to be really talented to do it, and you have to, you know, have to kind of know your shit. And if you want to have like, you know, longevity and make money doing it, you have to actually, you know, either you know, sell it, sell a ton of it, which is hard to do. But really, the money is in touring and you know, having concerts and stuff like that. But there's just there's so much of it out there, and there's so many of these these bands that come along, and it's like, ah, oh, these guys are really good, and then they disappear. They, you know, whatever. They run out of money. They find other things to do. They make an an album or two, and and it's any. I mean, really, any any genre you want, you can go out and you can find it, and not just old stuff, but stuff that's now, you know, stuff that's a you know made within the last year or the last five years or less, that sounds like you know songs from you know any 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 era. So it's kind of interesting, like you know, when it got into like 2008 and 2009, I was like, ah oh, man, you know, some of those bands are still around from 04, 05, 06, 03, 03 whatever, whatever the, the period was from, and, uh, but yeah, a lot of that stuff was like, you know, one and done, like, these bands showed up, and then they're gone, but now it's like, yeah, you can just, you can just find anything out there, um, but it, The Sounds was one of those bands that really, they kind of did have that sort of 80s sound to them in a lot of ways, and really, really, really good, you know, good beats, good, just good, good energy, good tunes and uh i'm glad that they're i was wondering because it had been a while since they had come out with anything so i'm i'm happy to hear that the sounds are back making those sounds yeah there's there's the rest of it it's good stuff so i'm happy to have the sounds back doing it anyway um yeah, enough about that. Uh, I, I was going to talk about so yeah so so during my little water break I was trying I was looking I was trying to quickly scour Facebook or LinkedIn or anything to see I don't I don't even really remember what Adam Wilner looked like you know he was a small guy kind of a square head glasses short hair you know I, I don't know pretty nondescript. And, uh, you know, there's guys out there, it's like, oh, this, you know, this guy's in the English department of a, you know, he's an English teacher in Baltimore. And it's like, well, you know, it's 20 years later, and uh, this one's, this guy's kind of chubby. But then again, like, you know, my picture's from 1999, and me today, you might not, you might say like, oh, no, that's not John Hopkins, that's some fat fuck with a big gray beard. Uh, 
So, who knows? Maybe it is him. Uh, but in any event, I'm scrolling like, yeah, you know, it's it's always sad. You know, you, you scroll through Facebook and like you see a friend <clears throat> and sometimes it's like a real cryptic. You don't exactly know what they're talking about, but you realize like, oh my God, they're eulogizing a friend and and they might tag that friend. And, you know, it's, oh, you know, it's just something real vague. Like things are just not going to be the same, blah, blah, blah. My heart and my this and then you kind of re- you you read along and you're like, oh, this is somebody who just died. And then they tag the person and you go you click on their you click on that person and you see their Facebook page and then you see a bunch of like, I can't believe you're gone, uh, you know, and it's so sad and and all this stuff, which is a it's weird because we're all any any of us who have Facebook, we're all you know if we still have active Facebook accounts by the time we uh, move on to the other side, so to speak, um, yeah, we're all it's it's. Like all of our Facebook pages are just, you know, we're just building, we're just building these weird memorials to ourselves because <laughs> when we die, like that's, that's what'll be there <laughs> to look through, look through our photos. We're like, oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's, you click on somebody's Facebook and it's like, oh my gosh, this person was, you know, was our age or was, you know, only in their thirties or forties or something, you know, oh, it's a parent. Oh my God. It's awful. And, uh. You know, a lot of the times, like, I'll click on somebody, and it's it's usually, you know, it's 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 a friend of a friend, so it's not, you know, I don't necessarily know the person who's being eulogized, uh, and I click on them, um, and and really, you know, I'm looking to see, like, oh, my gosh, you know, what happened, and, you know, is this, this person's actually dead, and, and, and then really what I'm looking at is to see, like, yeah, why, you know, were they, were they hot? And so, you know, a lot of times I'll immediately click, if I see somebody being eulogized on Facebook, I click to see, you know, if they were good looking. And then, does anybody else do that? Am I the only asshole who does that? I can't be. I can't imagine I'm the only asshole who does that. But I I click to see, like, oh, is this, you know, is this person good looking? And then if they aren't, I feel like it was a tremendous um, waste of time to even click on their Facebook profile. And then I'm, and then I'm angry. I'm I'm angry at God for wasting my time looking at this deceased person who wasn't even hot. Like what what are we doing? What the fuck? Ah. All right. Listen. I got to I have to take another break. I'm going to I got to get this cough drop in me. I'm trying to close up shop, but I have a few other things I wanted to talk about. So just 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 stick around. We're almost done. I, I, I'll be right back. Right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. This is a fun little tune on a Saturday night. Oh my goodness. Alright. I'm going to read some emails. Or whatever. Oh my god, this is loud. Isn't that fun? I want to I want to talk about the Wienermobile. I saw a friend had posted this link two Wienermobiles available. 
once in a lifetime by 12,000 or better offer. So $12,000, you can get two, not one, but two Wienermobiles. Which honestly, like, I'm not even joking. I would love to have a fucking Wienermobile. That would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? A Wienermobile just parked in your garage. I don't know about fit in your garage, but that would just be cool, you know? Drop off the kids at school in the, in the Wienermobile. <laughs> Go on family road trips in the Wienermobile. You know, that'd be fun to, like, take it in to get, like, an oil change, get it serviced. I guess I'm bringing in my, uh, I need an oil change. I'd like to bring my car in today around, uh, 10 a.m. if I could. Uh, yeah, what kind of car is it? Uh, it's a giant wiener. Big, huge, big, thick, huge wiener. Uh, you, can you, uh, can you guys get that up on the lift or, you know, it's a pretty big wiener. I'm, I'm not sure if your lift is going to be able to handle my wiener. Uh. So I sent this to my buddy Alex, this link, because uh, he's he's big into the Wienermobile too. And uh, Alex wrote, uh, I'd have to repaint it and trim the pubes. Oh, Lordy, clearing snow off of my wiener, which is a good point. You got to you gotta clean the ween if, uh, if in fact, you have a Wienermobile. Um, I responded saying that I was actually thinking of adding more pubes <laughs> if I had a Wienermobile. <laughs> uh, and then wondered, I... I pondered whether or not Jessica's law, which is the law, you know, that you have to clean the snow off your car. Uh, I was wondering if Jessica's law had anything about cleaning your wiener. Uh, Alex wrote back, I'll pick up the kids at school with my wiener. Uh, and then I quote, uh, how are you, uh, how are you getting home from school today? Oh, my, <laughs> my friend's dad is picking me up on his wiener. Oh Christ! He's just te- he just texted texted. He's coming in his wiener right now. Oh my God! Uh, there's not going to be room for anything else in the carpool line once your dad and his wiener get here. Uh, and then Alex wrote, "Of course, I'd need to find a tuna canning facility so I could park the beef bus in Tuna Town," <laughs> which made me chuckle. Uh. And I wrote, "Uh uh-oh, he got pulled over for not scraping the snow off. And then this is the police officer saying, Sir, I pulled you over because you need to clean that white stuff off your wiener. Alex responded, "Uh, Welcome to Goodyear. How can I help you today? Yes, I need some new rubbers for my wiener. Outstanding. Isn't this good? Oh, man. Uh, And then I wrote, Where the hell is your dad? He was supposed to be here to pick you up by now. Oh, we drove to the mountains this weekend. It was really muddy. He said he was going to spend the day polishing his wiener. Wasn't that worth it? <laughs> well, God damn it, it made me laugh. Come on, wiener jokes. That's fun. That's funny. Oh man. Uh, so I've got this. Uh, I got this XFL game. I, it's pretty good. You know, the thing that kills me about the XFL. Like, I'm so dependent on the on the score guide, like the Comcast score guide, you know, on Xfinity or DirecTV or, Di- you know, they all have the score guide. You just hit the, you know, one of the buttons, usually like the C button, and it tells you what games are going to be on. If there's games on now, it tells you if they're on. If, you know, if you can tune to it, great, or, you know, or, or you can't. But it tells you every single game that's on. And so it's easy to find all the, you know, eight zillion college basketball games 
which I had earlier. I had I had golf, I had XFL, and I had a college basketball game, and I, I missed the end to all of them, except the XFL looks like it's about to end here uh, with, what is that, St. Louis over Seattle, 23-16. to 16. Uh, St. Louis, pretty good, I guess. Seattle, not so much. I don't know, the, the rough rider, I don't know, somebody's a rough rider. I don't know. Dragons, Battle Hawks, is that somebody? Anyway, it's it's just nice to have some football to watch. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing about the XFL is you have to, you know, it's on some major networks, ABC, Fox, ESPN, etc. But it's not, uh, XFL is not one of the things, you know, they've got, I mean, the scorecard, the score guide has, you know, football, baseball, hockey, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, college, all the college men's sports, Golf, you can t- you know you can tune to the PGA game, the P- whatever the PGA matchup, like soccer, NASCAR, you know has all that stuff, and it really makes it helpful. But they don't have the XFL on the score guide, so I'm I'm just so used to the computers doing everything for me that like to have to like tune to it and find like okay the XFL is on is the game on ABC right now is it on ESPN right now is it on Fox is it on this so. Yeah, that will be, if XFL can get themselves on like a Comcast or a DirecTV, you know, get it on the score guide so you can, maybe they are, I don't don't have Dish or DirecTV anymore, I can only tell you what Comcast has, but any of those cable or satellite providers that have, uh, you know, where you can hit the the score button and and find out all the games that are on or coming up, uh, XFL is not one of those on the, uh, on the score guide here on Comcast, and I'm sure they're probably waiting you know, to see if XFL is back next year, and then I'm sure it'll be added. Um, it seems good, though. I mean, like, viewership, television viewership has gone down, but not not by the staggering amount that it decreased the first time around in 2001. So that's cool. And uh, an attendance at the games, like, in the in these stadiums, is going up. So that's, that's cool. That's promising. Um and they should, man, somebody mentioned this. I don't know if it was on the Tony Kornheiser show or some, somebody somewhere mentioned that they should just, like, kids under 12 or kids, I mean, whatever. For the first season, like, kids, maybe even under 18, should just get in for free. Or maybe if you're, like, a student, get in, you know, maybe five bucks with a student ID or something like that if you're a college student. I mean, like, you fucking, like, the, the league folded once. You had one year and then it was it. And nobody thought we would ever see the XFL again. It was just going to be a punchline forever and ever. And now it's back, and it's like there's kind of some legitimacy to it. It's like, oh, we're just going to do football. And, like, some of the rule changes, I mean, I would be shocked if the NFL didn't adopt some of these things, like, as soon as next season. Like, the the kickoff thing, you're going to prevent so many concussions the way they do the kickoff now. Uh, Having the, you know, one-point or two-point or three-point conversion after a touchdown is scored, you know, Miking up, you know, you get to hear the play calling and miking up the co- like. There's there's stuff that the NFL will definitely steal, I'm sure, from the XFL. And frankly, if they could somehow like figure out a way to work, uh, you know, if there's, I don't know, maybe not even work together, but just like the XFL is kind of the you know the feeder system for the NFL. And right now, I guess it's you know it's people who. Maybe they had a couple years with the NFL, and you know they're not they're not good enough to be there, so they've got the XFL, or maybe they weren't drafted, or you know it's <clears throat> you know there's some mixture I think of older players who have already played for the NFL and kind of passed their prime there, 
or it's some young uh, youngsters who were maybe passed up the first time around, and you know maybe they played in Canada or some <clears throat> Jesus Christ or someplace else. Um, but either way, it would be a good. Uh, I, I hope it sticks around. Uh, you know, I like having more football than less football. Uh, but they need to get on that score guide so I can easily just hit the button, hit the C button, and bring up my score, my score guide, uh, and see right there next to NBA and next to MLB and next to everything else, CXFL, and then scan down and oh, okay, oh, this game's on at three o'clock. Oh, it's on Fox. I will tune to Fox so I can see the game. Simple as that. Simple as that. Uh, <coughs> all right, I'm having a coughing fit, and I'll be right back on the Birthday Boy Podcast, and then we'll wrap it up soon. Crystal skies, your grace reflects in every grave sand, barren land, every sea we Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. We went to, uh, let's Armin Van Buren. Uh, all comes down third party remix yeah it's good uh, alright so let me fade this more oh yeah ah there's those thumping beats we went to Smackdown last night the kids and I at the garden it was not a very good show, but there were good reasons to go there. Because in all the years of, uh, of tuning in as a wrestling fan, I've never, I've never seen John Cena live. And I really thought that would be kind of cool. And uh, so yeah, it was, you know, the big advertised return of John Cena coming home to Boston. Shipping up to Boston. <laughs> Um, and it was neat because, uh, you know, I had, I've never seen, I don't think, yeah, no, I've never seen Goldberg live, Bill Goldberg, who I can't stand. And to have the opportunity to boo at the top of my lungs, even with this cold, I didn't, I didn't really do any, I, I don't do a lot of that cheering and booing stuff. I don't, you know, if I'm fucking 40 years old, I'm, you know, come on. God, these assholes! There's so many. I, I hate. I hate fans of things, and I've mentioned this. I hate wrestling fans. I love wrestling. And I hate wrestling fans. They just, you know, they just start going on one thing, and everybody wants to. Everybody, the wrestling fans want to be the stars of the show, and they start chanting this and chanting that. And sometimes it's really clever and really fun, and then other times it's just like, oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, for instance, at AEW, Chris Jericho comes out. And his theme song is called Judas, and it is uh, performed by Chris Jericho and his band Fozzy. And it's so it's it's cool. It's his own theme song that he performed with his band. And now the uh, the crowds in attendance at these shows, uh, they'll they'll fade out the music, and the crowd just keeps singing. Here, let me let me play you something real quick. This is from. Uh AEW Dynamite, which took place on Chris Jericho's cruise that he does every year. Yeah. You can hear the crowd singing along the lyrics to his theme song. Yeah. 
God. I can't stand wrestling fans. Can't stand cruises. Can't imagine being on a wrestling cruise. So the crowd's singing while the music's playing, but then the great part is when they, they fade out the music. There. It's pretty cool. singing and they fade the music out yeah that's pretty cool I think so yeah that's that's when it's fun like you know the wrestling fans can do cool stuff sometimes and that's that's one of the cool things um, they can sometimes get some pretty cool, like, chants going and that, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, there's other times, like last night, you know, everybody's trying to be kind of a smartass, and they try to ch- get these chants going, and they're just like, nobody, you know, I know what you're talking about because I've been watching wrestling forever, but nobody wants, uh, n- nobody cares that you know who Mr. Ken Kennedy is. Like, you don't have to yell out, Kennedy! Like, that's, you know... Mail that back to 2007, because nobody gives a shit right now about Ken Kennedy. Oh, wow, you've been watching wrestling a long time. You you get those references. Eh? Fuck off. Um, but anyways, uh, Goldberg, yes, yeah, so that Goldberg from a million years ago is, uh, he's, you know, he's back. <laughs> and he just defeated the fiend Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship in the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view that they had on Thursday. And then that whole crew got on a plane and flew to Boston overnight and uh, and then did SmackDown the next day. And uh, it was cool because, I mean, John Cena was already advertised for the show. He has not, he's made one appearance, two appearances in the last year. He has not wrestled at all since, I think, January of last year. Um, and, you know, he's out doing, you know, he's got shit going on, kind of like The Rock and all those guys. Like, he's he's off to other things. And he'll, he'll come back to WWE. He's going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Um, but you know, I, I think the days of like full-time John Cena, that's, that's over, which is fine. I, I like, uh, you know, I, I want them to, you know, I want news stars to emerge. I want the thing to evolve. Uh, it's hard to do that though. When 50 something year old Bill Goldberg is now, uh, the universal champion and, uh, man, oh man, it's like, what, what the fuck? Uh, so nobody was happy about him winning the championship. And then as like the big oh hey get this guys Goldberg's gonna be on SmackDown so we got to uh, we got to see John Cena in Boston and then we got to see Goldberg as well um, which was great because I just I just all I wanted to do was just boo the shit out of Goldberg and that's exactly what I did here it is here's the TD Garden booing the fucking hell out of Goldberg last night. Which was pretty good, pretty awesome. Yeah, you got some people chanting for him. But a lot of boos. Myself included, which I thought I had to, I thought I had a video, I thought I had me booing Goldberg, but anyways, doesn't matter. Um, 
Yeah, I was I was more than happy to be able to boo Bill Goldberg, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. More than happy to boo Goldberg. All right. Um, so yeah, the fans really, really crapped on him, which was nice. Um, cause I, you know, it's enough. I don't want to fucking see Goldberg. I don't, I just don't, I've never been a Goldberg guy. I'm not a fan of Goldberg. I've never been a fan of Goldberg. Um, he's a shitty wrestler. He has a shitty attitude. Um, he's just like, he's just shitty. He was hugely popular though. Uh, cause they made him this unstoppable monster back when he was in WCW and now he comes back and he, you know, he shows up and he beats like the younger guys because, you know, that that's really helpful to make new big superstars. What you should do is have 50 something year old AARP guys come out and, and kick their ass. That's fun. Anyway, so so, yeah, the crowd in Boston just took a shit on Goldberg, which I loved. <clears throat> and um, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully this is close to the end. I, I, I just like. You know, I thought we were done with Goldberg. He left, you know, 15 years ago, he le- he left wrestling. And then he came back, and it was kind of fun, like, okay, because he beat Brock Lesnar, and then he lost to Brock Lesnar, and, you know, whatever. And then he was inducted in the Hall of Fame, and it's like, usually when somebody's inducted in the Hall of Fame, it's, okay, that's that's it, they're, they're done. They're, they're, their wrestling career is over. And then a couple years later, he comes back, and he's wrestled a bunch of matches in the last year. He had a terrible match against The Undertaker. Uh, which was fun for me. I've watched that match over and over again because I love seeing Bill Goldberg uh, have a terrible match because he's a shit wrestler and now he's fifty something years old. And uh, so anytime Goldberg humiliates himself in public, I'm I'm all for that. So I guess on on that uh, on the one hand, it's like yeah, if he can come back and show up in Boston and get booed out of the building, then I'm happy to have him back. Uh, but anyways, so that was cool. Uh, Sasha Banks. Returned, which is really cool because you know my kids are a fan of Sasha Banks. My kids are also a fan of the Fiend. Fans of the Fiend Bray Wyatt, who wears this creepy evil mask, and he's just evil. He's a fiend, and they were really happy to get to see him. And seeing John Cena come back and actually get you know the fans booed Goldberg, um, and maybe that's why they brought Goldberg back and made him the champion, so it would guarantee that nobody booed John Cena, which I don't think they would anyways because he's been gone for so long that. Having him come back and having him back in Boston, you knew he'd get the the hero's welcome, which he did, which was really, you know, that was pretty cool. And, uh, excuse me, it was a good, uh, but other than that, the rest of SmackDown was, you know, it was fine. It was okay. It was not the greatest thing ever. Um, But, yeah, it it was a fun night. And to get to see some of these guys like Cena that you... Don't often get to see. You can't see me. You can't see John Cena. Um, so that was really pretty neat. And here's a little of. Uh... Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You can hear the place erupt when he comes out. And you still had pl- people like to sing along to his theme song. And they sing, John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, wrestling fans. 
such turds. But that's it's all in good fun. Um. Yeah, so that was a that was a nice reaction for John Cena, and it was cool because, as John Cena says, you can't see me, but last night we saw him. Yeah, see what I did there? We saw we saw him indeed. Uh, anyway, so that was cool. It was a fun time. It was a fun night. Uh, regardless, you know, SmackDown. If if it didn't have, you know, if I couldn't boo. Goldberg and I, you know, didn't see that Sasha Banks return from an injury and John Cena return and set up a match against The Fiend at WrestleMania. Uh, it would have been a pretty disappointing show. Um, there was still some good stuff there, but yeah, the, those those were the highlights. So that was cool. Um, it was, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun night. I was really too tired and, you know, getting my second cold made it hard to go out, but, you know, I felt okay. Had a couple of hot dogs. Came home and went to bed way too late. Got up way too early. Didn't get enough sleep. Felt like shit all day. Then did a podcast instead of taking a nap. So that's uh, that's it. That's the that's the last twenty four hours for me. Uh, anyways, what else was I gonna say? I feel like I was gonna say something else. Yeah, AEW. I covered that. Uh, there's a pay per view on tonight. I'm not ordering it because I just it's too expensive. I just can't do it. I have ordered. I ordered their early pay per views to support them. I'm sure I will order their pay per views again, but not tonight. Uh, yeah, and that's all. Uh, instead, I'm going to watch uh, Celtics Rockets. I think that that'll be a fun way to spend the evening and uh, watch some TV with the kiddos. And uh, who gives a shit? Okay, let me uh, let me blow my nose uh, and come back and uh, wrap shit up. Finish up. As you can tell, I'm fading. This podcast has been going on for several... This has taken me several hours. We're over two hours for the podcast, but I think... Gosh. I don't know when I sat down to do this. I feel like it was pretty early. 4, 4.30. It's now 8.30. It shouldn't take that long. It should take me an hour. One an hour and I'm done. All right. Anyways, uh, I'll be right back, and then we'll wrap up the podcast right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Oh yeah, welcome back to the b -b -b birthday boy podcast. Close up shop for another week. Episode 38. It's pretty good. And this is the weekend coming at you. I think it's appropriate because it is the weekend. This is called After Hours. Right here. On the Birthday Boy Podcast. Yeah, that was that bad. Alright. Uh, let's see, what do I want to say? Um, you know what? It uh, It's not there yet, but I did submit the podcast to be, finally, it's just chalk it up to complete laziness. Hopefully sometime in the next week or two, uh, this podcast will be available on, uh, whatever, iHeartRadio and, um, the other one, Stitcher. That's, should be anyways, I submitted it, which is, I mean, that's, it's as simple as that, that's how I got it on Spotify, and I just, I should have submitted it to iHeart and Stitcher a million years ago, I just, again, uh, 
extraordinary laziness is the only reason for that kind of thing. Um, but right now, of course, you can listen to the Birthday Boy podcast. I mean, I guess if you're listening now, you don't really need to know where to listen, right? But you can always listen on iTunes and Spotify and subscribe and follow. And then, you know, all the little podcast aggregate things, you know, it just kind of pulls them into, you know, like Google Podcasts and, you know, all those other things. Uh, but soon, soon, it's uh, we should be up and running on iHeart and, uh, and Stitcher, although... I checked this afternoon. We're we're still not there yet, but it takes uh, whatever. You know, it always takes a week or so to whatever. They review it, they process it. I guess that kind of that kind of nonsense. So hopefully, hopefully by the time uh, we get to next week's podcast, I'll I can tell you to listen on iHeartRadio and Stitcher as well as Spotify and iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, I think that's all I have to say, except uh, please. You know, feel free to write birthdayboypodcasts at gmail.com. Feel free to send me a note, an email of some kind. And uh, yeah, and then I can read your email on the podcast. Isn't that fun? Isn't that a fun incentive? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so email birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, follow, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and, and just keep listening and tell your friends, God damn it! Tell people if you think the podcast is worth sharing, then share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, people you like, people you don't like. You know, pass it along. That would uh, that would greatly uh, that would really be appreciated. And then we will all have a grand day, my man. I want to have a grand day here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. I need 60% closing rate, at least. When you're telling your friends, I want 60% of them need to say, yes, I will subscribe to the Birthday Boy podcast. That's how it has to go. So tell your friends, uh, you know, remember remember to live, laugh, and love. Uh, don't do that. Don't ever fucking, don't let me catch any of you saying that. I don't want to go into a If I see that in somebody's house, oh, there's going to be. The podcast world's going to hear about it. Uh, what else? Positivity is uh, dopey and for dopes. But, uh, you know, kindness. Kindness matters. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's all I have. We're going to go. Um, be back next week, everybody. I feel like there's something else I need to say. But I think that's it. I guess I covered it all, right? Positivity's stupid. Kindness matters. And uh, yeah, we're out of here. Talk to you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators. Don't go anywhere. There's a Cliffy call. Yeah. Cliffy. Hello, Cliff. Cliffy. 
Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Please call me back, Cliff. Cliffy, it's your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Call me back, Cliff. At your convenience, I have the opportunity of a lifetime. And I need to tell you about it as soon as possible because, well, this is very time-sensitive information, Cliffy. Because, you see, I uh, recently was selected. I was a very... I was a VIP candidate, hand-picked, to receive information on how I can make up to $10,000 every couple of weeks, Cliffy. That's big money, Cliff. You know, greenbacks, simoleons, mazula, schlamingi, kablangi. You know, Cliff, money. Lots and lots of money, Cliff. Now, here's the greatest part. It doesn't involve any kind of sales. You don't have to sell anything. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to use your phone. You don't have to get out of bed. You don't have to talk to people. All you have to do is send in several thousand dollars, and they'll send you the tools you need to make as much as $10,000 every two weeks. That's all it takes, Cliff. Sending in a couple thousand dollars, or maybe five or six, or maybe even nine thousand dollars or so, and all you have to do is send that money to me, and then I send it on to uh, these very secret, very special people who have been chosen from, I think, the Bible as part of a very private, exclusive club, and have selected me as one of their exclusive members, and all we have to do, Cliff, is send them thousands of dollars, which sounds like a lot, but when you think about the fact that we're going to be making $10,000 every couple of weeks, I think this is a deal that can't be passed up, Cliff. This is an even bigger deal than uh, than the OK Corral opening its second location, Cliffy, which, uh, by the way, the OK Corral has a second location, and it's just as good as the first, Cliffy. Just as good as the first. Now, Cliffy, please call me back soon, because I I was given a 24-hour uh, deadline by which I have to submit my thousands and thousands of dollars, really my life savings, uh, in order to then be selected to have the opportunity to potentially earn as much as $10,000 every two weeks, Cliff. And you, too, can earn $10,000 every two weeks if you just send in thousands of dollars uh, to this very secret club. In fact, uh, this opportunity is so special and so exclusive, I don't even know the name of the company. I just uh, was sent to a very secret website called www.superduperCash10knowgivememoneyplease.com. And uh, I filled out a few questions and a questionnaire. I watched a few instructional videos, educational videos. And then I spoke with one of the representatives uh, on the telephone. And they informed me that I have 24 hours to wire them uh, several thousand dollars. And then I will be part of the exclusive club of people who don't even have to leave their house or sell any products or services, and uh, I can just watch the money roll in every couple of weeks, Cliff.
wouldn't you like to be a part of this uh, exciting opportunity? It's so exclusive, Cliffy, that I've only been told uh, that I can select no fewer than 300 of my closest friends and neighbors to uh, partake uh, of this incredible opportunity. Uh, and I was quoted several Bible verses uh, when I called these fine folks. Uh, so you know anybody who's quoting the Bible has to be on the up and up cliff. And they quoted uh, the famous, uh, one of uh, my favorite psalms. Uh, it was one of the psalms uh, from, uh, from Genesis, Cliffy, that said, uh, Thus not taketh and leaveth not uh, with thine own uh, monies, and thine greenbacks shall fruiteth uh, forth and multiply in great bounty. Uh, Cliff, I think I, I don't need to tell you, you probably have that particular verse committed to memory, uh, but uh, they, they continued by saying, uh, should thine own uh, nephew uh, thus thusly uh, be uh, prohibiteth from uh, submitting said bounties forth, uh, thine uh, nectars will flow fruitfully, and thine uh, supple uh, bounties uh, thus bringeth forth to thine own kingdom forever and ever. Amen. I mean, Cliffy, that's those are some of the more popular, well-known, and uh, and some of the more powerful uh, Bible verses from the Psalms, Cliffy, the Psalms. Uh, so, Cliff, please call me back. We only have 24 hours to wire the funds uh, to a secret offshore account where I have been guaranteed that those funds will be processed accordingly uh, to provide us then with the uh, startup package, uh, the the introductory set that we need, uh, all the tools necessary to never have to sell anything or call anyone or do anything or leave the house ever and make literally thousands and thousands of dollars every couple of weeks, Cliffy. $10,000. That's $20,000 a month, Cliffy. Think of all the pornographic movies you could purchase with that kind of money, Cliff. That's a lot of ball-toggling, Cliffy. That's a lot of ball-toggling. And think of all the oatmeal I can purchase, not to mention slacks, socks, and uh, perhaps even some very handsome dress shirts to go with those slacks and socks, Cliff. And I know how much you love slacks and socks and dress shirts, Cliffy. This is a surefire guarantee 100% we will get rich quick without having to do much of anything uh, scheme although scheme is probably not the correct word I would say more like a system a system where we pay thousands of dollars wait patiently and in return we'll get thousands of dollars back in our bank accounts Cliff so Cliffy why don't you uh, you know take your hand out of your pants Stop toggling your balls for just a few minutes, Cliffy. Call me back so I can give you the account information and you can wire your entire life savings and then we can start to become multi-millionaires, Cliff. Just like the Bible says to do. 
For, as you recall, in Psalm 37, page 6, section B of the Bible, uh, the Lord said, With thine own funds, thus thou must transfer forth, and so that the fruits of thine own bounty and sweet honey and nectar dost thusly flow forth into your mouth. Uh, this is the word of the Lord, Cliff. Okay, Cliffy, this is Uncle Cliff. Cliff, give me a call soon, because we only have 24 hours. Otherwise, this opportunity will be gone forever, Cliff. Cliffy, call me back. It's your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Talk to you soon, Cliff. Bye, Cliff. Now enjoy these outtakes. Okay, Cliffy, this is Uncle Cliff. <laughs> Cliffy, this is Uncle Cliff. Call, call, you call me back, Cliffy. Cliff, can you please call me soon? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. There's several things that are sending me directly to hell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cliffy, this is Cliff. I, I seem to be turning into an Egyptian mummy, Cliff. Cliffy. It's fucking nine o'clock. Sweetly and uh, fruitifully, fruitif fruitifully, fruitif fruitably, uh, fruitifully, or p perhaps fruit, uh, fru fruititious, fru fru <laughs> 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 Oh, fuck it. That's, I'm too sick. That's the cliffy call for the week. Fuck off. Bye.